Listen to this. Listen. Oh, here it comes. Ah. Yes. All right. Welcome back <laughs> to another episode of On the Throne with Dick. As always, you know, that's uh, intro by, uh, you know, Senjin Boychuk. Uh, fantastic. Just, just fantastic. You know, it's better than that, uh, you know, um stock music that we had that at the beginning you know it was just trash but hey we're here we got her shout out to Senjin thanks bud and uh joining us on the podcast today is the greatest rapper in Canada OGR I never see you know if it's Shintilla or Skintilla or what it's Scintilla Scintilla oh I've been saying it all wrong there you go (laughs) clearing that up how's it going buddy it's good it's good. Um, it's a long day. We're for those of you who don't know. When I'm not being the greatest rapper in Canada, I'm a rancher in Alberta, and we're we've got calving season right around the corner, and so we're working pretty hard, just like digging up gates that are snowed in with four feet of snow and getting cows ready and stuff like that. So yeah, that's incredible, man. The greatest rapper in Canada helps give birth to baby cows. Gets oh, yeah. right up in there. Do you get right up in there or what? Right up in there. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many calves are you expecting? Around 200. Shut up. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We. How, how many cows do you got that are pregnant? Yeah. Around 200. Yeah. Oh, so they have one. They don't, they're not like a litter of puppies. They're like cows. Yeah. About one. <laughs> have twins. And hopefully like most of the time you end up with a few less calves than cows because I mean, life is life but sometimes they got twins it's like less common but we'll have a few set of, sets of twins and hopefully it all evens out in the end that's awesome man how so so it's really rare to have twins then there's no like uh who's the famous set of twins i, I don't even know who, who are famous twins who are we looking at here uh anyway the first thing that comes to mind for me when i uh literally yeah. i don't i don't know if you can see the comment section or not but uh uh yeah there's a comment section we're live we're live hey yeah. <laughs> oh yeah oh nice um, uh so so buddy you're you're like you're fresh off your europe trip oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i actually um I, I borrowed this from a beer hall in munich germany that's my nice. new favorite did you have to speak in the deutsch <laughs> Und ja. <laughs> ja, man. No, uh, <laughs> Europe was dope. I went for six weeks. I, I haven't left Canada since high school. It was like wow. almost 10 years since I left Canada. And it was, it was really nice. I really, I feel like I was surprised by just how regular people were like they were just friendly you could start a conversation it was like oh you know people are friendly everywhere i don't have to you can just go up to a random german person and be like hey you know i'm from canada and they're like oh that's cool why are you here and you know it's it's dope i yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know it made me feel like less less scared of the world there's a lot of doom and gloom and it, traveling just made me feel like oh you know people are people they're doing their thing it's it's not such a big deal did people love the Canadian flag? Um, yes. People are really excited to find out that you're from Canada. Bizarrely, non-English speakers have a really tough time. Like some people thought I was Irish or British or Australian or American. 
that like all English just sounds the same to non-English speaking people, I guess. But yeah, when people found out I was from Canada, they were always really stoked. And they were like, oh man, it must be so great to live in Canada. It's like, I would love to move to Canada. Um, yeah, p- people love Canadians and people wish they lived in Canada. It seems like. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. No, it's one of the greatest countries on earth. Did you know that the Edmonton School Board, the public school board of Edmonton, is the best school board in North America? Maybe even I, the world. I think it was the world. I did not know that. And Meow. Yeah. This is my cat, Tapo. He decided to hop up. So I figured I'd tilt the camera down so people can see. Nice, boy, nice. Yeah. Nice, buddy. That's awesome. Yeah. Fucking, where's your, where's your dreadlocks, dude? Or are those fake? And are you telling me I've been living a lie on social media for the last two years? My dreadlocks kicked the bucket about like pretty much one year ago. And I, I cut my hair right down and I've been growing it out ever since. It's pretty greasy right now. So that's why I got this hat on. But yeah, um, do you want me to go? I still have my dreadlocks. I can prove. Yeah, yeah they were real. They were real. Yeah. All right, Tabs. We got it. We got to prove our. We got to prove our clout. We got to prove his clout. We got to prove that this guy is part Jamaican or something. I don't know. What's up, Nicolette? How are you? If you're still here, hey, who who were you guys all coming in from? Nicolette's coming in from Facebook. Uh, there's five people in the room. It says I don't know where you guys are all coming from. Say something so we so we know you're you're alive and well, and it shows us where you're coming in from. Yeah. Oh, I I think I hear footsteps. All right. No. I feel so now. I think that I might have thrown them out because they were like a year old and they were just dreadlocks in a Ziploc bag. And uh, nice. No, if you get a picture of me, I can I can prove it. I did have dreadlocks. Um, fun facts about dreadlocks: if you just quit, if you grow out your hair and just quit combing it, it turns into dreadlocks, <laughs> and that's all you have to do. Bro, um, so all I gotta do is quit. Anybody? <laughs> yeah, just keep let it grow, man. Let it grow. Any, okay. it, it'll get there. <laughs> um, I've been letting it grow for like five years now, dude, and nothing. Hold in there, man. It's all about hope. You gotta believe. It. You gotta <laughs> it's believe all about in hope, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm in it for the long run, you know. Uh, my wife and I were reminiscing on my hair uh, from five years ago today, actually. And, uh, you know, I, five or six years ago, it was out. It was, I like, I looked like Sideshow Bob. And, oh, really? uh, oh, yeah, dude, it was crazy. And it, it started out as not having time to cut it. And it quickly turned into, let's see how greasy we can get this, this bad boy, right? And it got greasy. Like, people in camp were calling me the hair, right? <laughs> and, oh, there's the hair. And, um, yeah, no, it, it, sadly, that was my last grow out, right? I knew when I cut it, I could feel it deep down inside that this was the last hurrah. And it was, that was it, man. You know, it was, it, and gone. And, uh, yeah, I, now I grow mustaches instead. You know, I, I, I should ask you for facial hair advice. This is like my first time actually rocking facial hair, like trying, actually giving it a genuine attempt. And it looked like my beard looks so thin compared to your mustache. It looks like somebody drew it on with a, a marker. It's incredible. It looks like you're well, ready to start some turtles. Yeah. When, when I go home, when I go home, my wife it becomes thinner because my wife is like, 
get out of here with that. You ain't kissing me unless it's trimmed, right? And I'll try to, I'll try to go as long as I can without trimming it. And I usually get three or four days into my days off before she's like, hey, I'm done. I'm not touching you anymore. Trim it. So I'm like, hey, you want it trimmed so badly? You do it. So she, she does. <laughs> At first she misses you. And then yeah. after three or four days, it's like, I'm sick of this guy. <laughs> like We need to make some changes. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. You either need to go back to work or you need to trim that thing. Yeah. She, yeah. she trims the mustache for you? Yeah, she trims it up for me, yeah. I didn't, I didn't trust her the uh, first couple times, but you know, after she did it and, and it, you know, didn't mess it up on me and made it look good. I was like, damn girl, you can run your fingers through my mustache anytime, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Does she like, does she be grudgingly like, okay, if we trim it, does she like, is she, is she sort of like mixed feelings on the mustache or like once it's trimmed, it's fine. Once it's trimmed, it's fine. I think she likes it when it's thick. That's what I heard. Girth, girth equals wealth. Right. And, and <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've heard. Right. So there's that. Um, I, I guess I, I don't know, but yeah, no, when I tripped, when I threatened to take it off a couple times and I did, I shaved it last winter for a good cause. You know, we, we had a, a boy, a little three-year-old boy. We were all rallying behind on TikTok from Alberta last summer or last spring into last winter into spring into summer. And he had, uh, he had cancer. And so everyone was shaving their heads for it. Well, I can't shave my head. So uh, I did what was next. The next best thing i took the mustache off for a thousand bucks it went for a thousand bucks so That's we raised yeah yeah it went for a thousand bucks and uh so that was good and sadly sadly little zach there he he lost his battle there uh at the end of last summer so wow what is that? yeah yeah he was three yeah but yeah. hey you know what uh the mustache still is it, it takes a week or two to come back in it takes like two weeks to get how it is now but what is hair right that's crazy this yeah. is like two months man this is two months worth of beard and you can still see right through it it's in- i love that <laughs> i just want to nice. run you know you know i can grow a nice beard like when i work road construction in the summer i'm allowed to grow the beard yeah social media because of social media and the mustache i haven't grown out the beard in a couple of years but i can and whenever i see someone else with a nice beard you know, I, I make it awkward. I'm like, hey, can we run our fingers through each other's beards, man? Like, like I just want to pet it. And they're like, yeah. No, I make it weird. Hey, it's all about how you get its first impressions, right? Yeah. It's all about first impressions. <laughs> so, 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 man, like, you live on a ranch, right? You're birthing these cows. Are do they look up to you like as mama cow? Like or <laughs> most of them have a mama cow. This is a fun <laughs> story, actually. So okay. normally no, but last year we had a calf that its mother, unlike most cows who will sniff a calf and try to raise it, she sniffed her calf and tried to kill it. She just for some reason did not have the motherly instinct. She flipped out and tried to attack it. We took the calf away and put it in a different pen. Tried giving it back a few times. Every time she just like knock it down and try to like smack it out of the pen. So we obviously separated it. Got rid Mad of cow disease. <laughs> Don't say that. 
That's, a, <laughs> that's serious business. Um, but another cow lost her calf, and we put this calf with that cow, and they actually mothered up, and that cow raised that other calf. But in wow. the meantime, in those first few days, I just like felt really bad for the calf because it was lonely. You could tell it was sad. And so in between checking cows, I'd just stop in and like, give them a little pat on the head. And, you know, of course, we were bringing it milk because we had to bring it milk. And uh, so it was just like fairly technical. You do that with cows. But for some reason, this calf just remembered us and it would run up to you in the pasture and it started to like scratches and stuff. And now we actually kept her to be in our own herd as a replacement heifer. And our family was up for branding. They named her Bella. So Bella is like the tamest cow we've ever had on the farm. And you can tell that sometimes she comes up, she doesn't even want to scratch. Like she remembers, she's like, thanks for saving me from my crazy biatch of a mom. <laughs> and like, it's, it's incredible how cows have real good face recognition. Like they, they recognize different people and they have a really good memory actually. So we have maybe one that, that's like, yeah. I'm maybe like that explains why. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, you cut out there. Yeah. I interrupted. I'm sorry. I'm kind of like a stepdad to that one cow. Oh, dude, that's cool. Like, like yeah. it, like you weren't there. Okay, what's what's that? My sister said it earlier. I wasn't there for her birth, but I was there for everything else or something like that. Yeah. But like, dude, that's cool. You're like the John Dutton of Canada. <laughs> The John Dutton of Canada. I shoot a few less people than John Dutton, but I do handle some cattle. Don't lie. You shoot the same amount of people. Come on. The only gun that I handle is a shotgun. Well, Nerf gun. Yeah. No, like I, shotgun. I handle Nerf guns. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and these. Oh, put those bad boys away. Those are illegal now, buddy. Come on now. Hand those in. Hand those in for inspection. Okay, Trudeau. I'm not even... <laughs> Let's not go there. I, wasn't, I don't want to go there either. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was like, I made the joke and I'm like, I don't want to take it there. I'm yeah, not, no. I actually hate politics. Uh, like, I so, I love cows. Like, I have an unhealthy obsession with cows. It's weird, right? Like, I saw two cows, like... They were making a baby cow, okay? And and like I took a video of it. It's actually on my TikTok account. And I zoomed in. I'm like, that's how you get baby cows, right? And like <laughs> I think I said a baby heifer or some shit like, or something like that. So um, I have never milked a cow. And this is on my bucket list. And let me tell you how high up on my bucket list it is. Like, <laughs> like there's, there's drive a Hummer H2. And then there's milk a cow. <laughs> That's right. incredible. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, are you looking? Yeah. Are you looking I for to set you up? I am looking to milk a cow for a day. Um, in the next month, like especially in a week, calving will be rolling. We'll be milking cows every day. So, I'm home in like five days. So, <laughs> honestly, you could make a whole. We could make a whole content extravaganza of it. Yes. So I don't want to milk a cow with the machine, though. I want to milk a cow old school, right? Like, no. I, I, I know you yeah. hook up the machines now, and it's... Yeah. I want That's to... like the dairy people. The, the dairy I... people have the whole machine thing. For us, it's just like, we milk a cow because some some cow will have, like, a bad bag, and she won't be producing milk, so we'll bring in another cow and milk some and give it to her calf, and we're old, good old-fashioned gripping it. 
gripping it. I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm How so alpha. Being... Yes, I'm, sorry. I'm so alpha. I want to milk a bull cow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why that's why they call you the CEO of Big Dick Energy. That's because right. Not for the reasons you thought, but because he likes to get. I'm learning. Milk. I'm learning things about myself every day. <laughs> <laughs> what up? Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we have a good time here. <laughs> yeah. No, if you want to, honestly, um, yeah, on yeah, no, we could figure something out because. It's like, I remember, wasn't that long ago that I wasn't very good at milking a cow, but now it's something that I can genuinely say, like, I'm good at milking cows, which I, I'm very jaded. I think to myself, like, you know, it's just part of life. You learn how to milk a cow, but most people don't learn how to milk a cow. It's kind of a, a neat skill to have, actually. I want to have it. I want to be one of the only non-farming farming people to milk a cow. Yeah, because I mean, how many great situations are there to bring? There's so many times you can bring up the fact, I should do it more honestly. Like just anytime somebody's drinking milk, like, hey, like, have any of you guys milked a cow? Cause I can milk a cow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you bring the cow with you to the grocery store and you just give free demos all day long, you know? Like how crazy would that be? I wonder if that would work on, like, for picking up chicks, if I brought my cow to the bar. Oh, like, my. Oh, my God. Cow. <laughs> hey, hey, ladies, this could be you later, you know? I don't want to think too hard into what that means. They just start mooing. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, that's yeah. awesome, man. No, no. Whereabouts? Okay, so you live in Alberta. I don't know if yeah. you want to, like, can tell me what area here, but definitely later. Uh, yeah. So uh, I live about, like, halfway between Calgary and Saskatoon by the Saskatchewan oh. border. So, like, yeah, that general area is in the absolute middle of nowhere, so I'm not worried about anyone finding me. <laughs> sort of near, sort of near Alsask. Yes. All right. Yes. Cool, cool. Sort of I've been all through there. So, like, I every time I see a farm with pasture of, like, 200 cows, because Youngstown, Cereal, Oyen, they all have a crazy amount of cows in the area. You know too much. You know too much. <laughs> dude, dude, I've worked in that area. I've seen, I've seen the most amount of cows I've ever seen in my life just outside of Youngstown, I think it was. And, yeah. You yeah. know too much. Ah, <laughs> yes, I'm coming to visit. <laughs> I'll be staying at the Antelope Inn in Oyen, Alberta. What up? It's a nice That's drive. <laughs> no, yeah, I went to I went to high school in Oyen, and like I I'm close to very close to Youngstown. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's cool. My That's favorite part about that whole area is uh, I think it was cereal. I think cereal, uh, the hotel was the grocery store, the, the hotel grocery store bar, um, and, and postal office, post office. And I was like, I can get my coffee, bed bugs, groceries, 
and my mail all in one spot. My bad, folks. But uh, <laughs> I'm close to a real small town. It's it's actually there's like ten people in this town. It's called Sedalia, and they have oh, yeah. a combination liquor store post office. And as soon as they it, they made it that combination i joked it's like oh now you d- you can like pick up your boogie check and spend it all in one place all in one day you get your unemployment yes. boom you're right there you pick up your beer go back home you're good for the week <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> so so i kind of everyone kind of wants to know i think you know there's only one person watching but whatever that's still one person that's interested in what we're saying or whatnot you know what i mean and and more people they come and go that's the whole point of live streaming i kind of love live streams for that but uh, i try to do one once a month anyway and uh so how did you become the greatest rapper in canada well technically i'm on a journey to become the greatest rapper in canada you're the ash ketchum of rap I'm the Ash Ketchum of taking popular songs and changing the words to make them about hockey and cold weather. You are the Canadian Weird Al. (laughs) That's, I have been called the Canadian Weird Al. So I've always wanted to be a musician. Since I was 12, I learned guitar and I just loved writing songs. And I didn't always go to school for it or like pursue it or whatever. But I got more and more into it in college and university. I started recording music for other sort of like local under cloud rappers and learning sort of how to produce and do stuff like that and writing more songs. And then when I got out of university, I was like, let's go for it because it's now or never, basically. And it isn't actually like it's never too late to change. But um, I figured now is as good a time as any. I started releasing my own music doing covers of other people's songs. And then in 2019, I kind of kept my ear to the streets and I learned about TikTok because obviously Old Town Road was the earth shattering thing of 2019. And that was started on TikTok. So I got a TikTok, started posting funny videos and thankfully none of them blew up too much. And it took me like, I, I posted like two or three times a day for three months and I had worked up to 4,000 followers. And I thought it was insane. And then I thought, I got all the snow and I thought, well, I want to make my content about music because I want, I don't want to just be a comedian. I want to be a musician first and then funny with it so that people care. And I thought, let's do a Canadian remix where I took a popular song and changed the words as, as one does. And it got, I forget how many views, but I went from 4,000 to 40,000 followers in two days. And of course I was just flabbergasted. And then I kept rolling with it. And then within a few months, I had one of them hit a million views. And then that, like I sort of got over a hundred thousand followers there. And that's when I realized, oh, there's people actually really want this. It's not just like, oh, haha, one time. There's people who my Canadian remixes are their top songs of the year on Spotify sort of thing. Like there's people who love this stuff and really relate to it. And it's so cool that I can be like funny and relatable and talk about my actual life in my music. And it's a whole thing. And in that time, I thought I want to do this parody music, but I also want to do some non-parody music, like some serious songs. And that's why I came up with this thing to put in my uh, bio I'm on a journey to become the greatest rapper in Canada. 
because it's related to the Canadian remixes, but also people know that I want to be a great musician. And uh, when I release a serious song, it's not maybe so confusing. It still kind of works with being trying to become the greatest rapper in Canada. And then I, I make a lot of jokes about how Drake sucks and I'm trying to become better than Drake. And <laughs> so that's good for a good laugh and stuff. And yeah, that's where the greatest rapper in Canada came from. I love my that. To capture my duality as an artist. That's my, my tagline I came up with. To train them is your cause. You know, Pokemon. Oh, I, I love Pokemon. A heart so true. You teach me and I'll teach you. Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. How old are you, man? How old are you? I'm 27. 27. Okay, I'm 34. Pokemon is like started with my generation. It started, I think, when I was like, geez, eight or nine, maybe. And um, oh, buddy, way before that. That's a Game Boy Color, isn't it? This is a Game Boy. Uh, this one does have color, yeah. Yeah, but so it started. Oh man, I think I think it might have started with the color, but yeah, this oh, is Pokemon like, Yellow. Pokemon Yellow. This is where I, it started for me. I got this Game Boy Color and a Pokemon Yellow from a garage sale when I was like ten, and I never looked back. So I, I got Pokemon, Pokemon Blue. I started huh? with Pokemon Blue, right? So, and yeah. uh, I had all of them, and then I got a Game Boy Color, and for for Christmas one year. And so I put, I had a little scratch in the screen and a battery pack on it. And then I, you know, got Pokemon Crystal and Silver and all that, I think it was. So I was trading back and forth between all the games, right? And in Pokemon Blue, I had the original 151, right? I had them. I'd switched them. I, I traded between my games to get there. I had two Game Boys and I was just trading back and forth. I had a buddy sleep over one day. And uh, on my quest to become an ultimate Pokemon master, he stole my Game Boy and my games and uh, sent me on this wild goose chase through my room looking for this stuff. And he didn't have and I couldn't find them. So I, I we're in gym class a few a few weeks later and I see him playing a Game Boy. Right. And uh, it had the scratch in the corner. And so I grabbed it and I smashed it. And I'm like, if I can't play it, neither can you. Right? right? I knew, right? I knew. I knew what it was. But I took the game out. And when I put it in my other one, he had reset it. I had the original 151, and he had reset it. That took years. Dude, I was just going to say, I know where this is going, and I, I, it pains me. But, like, my condolences. Honestly, that's, like, that's some French-bending stuff right there. Dude, that was my first when my when my boss asked me how I uh, am under in adverse conditions. I tell that story all the time. <laughs> that is the story I come up with. Yeah, yeah. I. How are you under pressure? <laughs> my first heartbreaking Pokemon story was I was in the Oyen Hockey Arena. And I'm sure it was like my older brother playing hockey because I was just playing Pokemon. And it was the first time I ever beat the Elite Four on my Game Boy. And, of course, those bad boys have just like batteries, not rechargeable. It was yeah. like, congratulations, you've And it just went dead. 
and I hadn't saved through the whole thing. So I was just so heartbroken. I had to replay the whole Leaf Four. And of course, I was a dumb kid, so it was actually hard. And it was like, I just sat there with that sort of, not even sad, just pissed off, just like, just like, I want to go home. And that energy for like the rest of the day, I was like, this is, I hate everything. I just want to go home because, uh, like, this is some i was i'm sure it was 7 seconds away from that final save and it was <laughs> do you uh do you play pokemon go i don't i downloaded the app and i played it for a day and i said to myself this is going to destroy my life because <laughs> <You did. laughs> i'm going to get away doing this game so yep. i just like deleted off my phone i was like i can't play this casually i'm going to i'm going to be that person who dies trying to like pull over quick to catch a Vaporeon and oh yeah you know, oncoming traffic. Yeah. It so, almost uh, happened to me a few times. <laughs> uh, so. I uh, I operate equipment at work, right? And uh in um the summertime I'm in heavy equipment and we drive real slow. That's how I was hatching my eggs. I'd put the walking thing on to hatch eggs and I'd drive slow in my equipment and I would <laughs> easily hatch like 10 eggs a day. It was great. You know, yeah, it was awesome. But um, oh, fuck, what, what was that? Um, oh, I started spoofing. Uh, two years ago, I started spoofing where I paid six ninety nine a month, basically to cheat at Pokemon Go, and you could basically like pick up where you were and go to anywhere in the world you wanted. But when you spoofed there, you had to wait an hour to play, all right? Because you had to give the servers time to catch up and they would spot you. And they'd be like, yeah, I definitely went from Fox Creek, Alberta to the Maldives in an hour. Cool. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went all around the world and on community day, it was crazy because I'd go over to Australia first the day before and I'd work my way back across the world. And then by the time it was community day here, it'd be the next day and I'd be like already so far ahead. Right. Um, now when te the team rocket stuff came out and you had to beat team rocket, I couldn't do it with any Pokemon. Uh, I found out quickly that I, I had to go back to the Maldives and get all the Heracross and Heracross was the only Pokemon I could use to beat team rocket. No matter how weak Heracross was compared to their Pokemon, Heracross yeah. was it for me. So my lineup was like 30 Heracross, like bring it on. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> that's super funny no that's uh, dope I've never heard that uh spoofing yes yeah, spoof yeah of yeah. cool no that's that's awesome because it's cool how it's really cool how you have to hypothetically travel around the world to catch all the pokemon that's yeah like that's so cool but it kind of sucks because realistically i'm probably not gonna fly to australia to play pokemon go i mean <laughs> That would be nice. Maybe that's like a good retirement plan. After, uh, why not? Yeah, like you know, just travel the world and catch all the Pokemon. Oh yeah, no, the really cool place, Miss Mr. Mime, always hung out around the Eiffel Tower. So I'd I'd spoof there once a day and catch another Mr. Mime, just for the hell of it, right? And then I would trade it with my friends here. Be like, hey, I got a Mr. Mime. You want it? Like, where'd you get that? Be like, roll the dice, buddy. Right? Like, you know. <laughs> 
I once waited. Uh, I once answered this guy's uh, Facebook ad on the Pokemon Go Facebook page, and he was in uh, Edmonton, and he was from the Philippines, and he had a Corsola, and I hadn't caught a Corsola yet. And he's like, "Hey, looking for a Pat Pacharichu, which is like really common to Canada, specifically Western Canada." And he's like, cool. "Willing to meet up for this thing?" So we exchanged numbers. And I had to meet this guy an hour away in a Dollarama. And when I messaged him, I was like, hey, I'm here. He's like, oh, I'm in this long ass checkout line. Come in and we'll do it. I'm like, okay. I walk in, him and I literally hook up in the line and we, we trade Pokemon. We shook hands and we got it and I left, right? That's I was like, so man, cool. just, you know, risking it for the biscuit, right? So you <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I. Uh... <laughs> Uh, it's kind of cool how the game actually brings people together. Like, I I don't realize until I bring it up how many people love Pokemon in some way or another. It's like, oh, yeah. it's like a big thing. And for me, it's like uh, I wanted to tell a Pachirisu, Pachirisu story. For those who don't know, this is like a super nerdy thing. This is what I'm into, <laughs> like the competitive, competitive Pokemon. And in the World Championships in 2013, it's like an infamous story. Patrisu was on the team that won the world final because Patrisu sucked, but it knows a move called follow me. So when the opponent uses an attack and the, the world championships is double battles. So it uses follow me and all of the attacks get redirected to the squirrel and the squirrel just gets absolutely clobbered. But then the other Pokemon beside it gets to basically launch a free attack. And this guy used this Patrisu and of course, like the crowd is going wild because it's like, why did he bring a Patrice to the world championship? But then he uses it to win and not like just as a gimmick, but it actually played a major role in the win. So if you're interested in seeing that, look up the 2013 VGC um, World Finals because, yeah, I like, I'm, yeah, Pokemon is. I, I still watch videos on competitive Pokemon. It's like my. When I've got 10 minutes and I want to melt my brain a little bit, I just watch a video about Pokemon. I am going to look that up. Uh, you might be sad to know, and I don't know if you've heard this or not, but Ash Ketchum is leaving Pokemon after 25 years. He is finally a Pokemon master, and he is walking away. I did hear that, and I love the fact that they did that just because... Um, <laughs> have you ever heard of the Pokemon coma theory? No. It's another incredible one. Um, in the, the first episode of Pokemon, Ash starts his journey, and Pikachu is a dick. He goes out on the first route, basically gets attacked by a flock of Spearow, and Pikachu shocks all the Spearow, and they get sent to the hospital. And then yeah. when he wakes up, um, his family is all there, and he meets Misty and Brock and all these people, and they go on all these fantastic adventures. And people point out how the, the start of the show is so, like, violent and nasty. Like, the world is so mean. And then basically from that point on, it's just sort of like, I'm with my friends going on a journey. And the theory is from that point on, Ash is just in a coma, hallucinating the rest of his adventures. What the hell is this? My childhood is a lie. It's a fan theory. It's, it's like a popular <laughs> fan theory. It's like the Pokemon coma theory. And that's why Ash never ages. That's why... People get attacked by Pokemon, like burnt by fire, and they never actually get hurt. The whole show is just a 10-year-old's coma. That's true. Yeah. Like, and Pikachu's none... magical tears brought Ash back to life. Oh, 
don't start on Pokemon, like the movie. That's <laughs> if you're during Pokemon the movie, then you don't have a soul. <laughs> oh my god, man! Oh, um, that's not a cheap hobby. I had every card at one point in time, and I gave them all to a little girl for twenty dollars who swore they were coming back, and I didn't believe her. And then they came back shortly after that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I just Calvin says I'm forty seven and I play the card game with my kids. Not a cheap hobby. No, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So. So we just went on this wild Anyways. Yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the greatest rapper in Canada. <laughs> and and dude, like Tim's run, man. It didn't start there, but it sure it sure took off there. You know? Yes. Tim's run was the first one where it really like I think the main difference is my songs before that I would post and the videos would get a lot of views. But with Tim's run, thousands of people use that song to make their own TikToks. Me. And that's what, yeah. Um, I actually don't know if I've seen a Tim's run TikTok. I should definitely see that. I had COVID at the time when I used it. I went and I used it when I was going to get tested. I'm going on a Tim's run. I stopped at Tim Hortons when I, uh, before I got tested. Or maybe it was after I got tested. Anyways, it came back positive, and I was in the Tim Hortons drive-through, so it was awesome. And I was using Tim's Run. <laughs> yeah, no, Tim's Run was amazing. I love Tim's Run because Tim's Run really helped me as a musician, artist, or whatever. Uh, I feel like a lot of people have this. They're sort of a perfectionist. Like they think their song has to be just right before they put it out. And not just people who make music, but people who do anything feel that way. And with Tim's Run. Um, I would make, I'd download all these instrumentals and I'd make a whole bunch of TikToks and I'd put out like, you know, a new one every few days of a remix of a different song. And I kind of had a, a cold streak from October to November where nothing was really catching on or going viral. And Tim's one was literally the last video that I was going to post. And I didn't really like the way that I sang it in the original one. So I was like so close to not even posting it. And I posted it and just boom, it had like half a million views that day. So I stayed up that night finishing the song. The next day I finished the mix, uploaded it to Spotify. And then I went straight outside to my outdoor rink, filmed the music video, uploaded that. So like 24 hours later, I took it from 15 second snip to completely finished. And wow. I had no time to overthink it, no time to be a perfectionist. It was just like, okay, good. Because I'd had this before where I took a week, two weeks to finish the song. By that time, the post is not going viral anymore. It doesn't matter. You lost all of your ability to capitalize on that big sort of viral moment. Yeah. I was like, I need to do this now. And then did it. And it became my biggest song by far. Still is uh, my biggest song millions of streams across the internet it's really cool and that moment taught me i do that now like if a song blows up if if i don't have the whole thing ready to go it has to be ready within 24 hours and yep. it's it totally changed the way that i make music because of tim's run now i've gotten to the point where i can make like i can finish a song in a day i just realized it's not about all the little details like put in the details that you love if you love doing that but don't stress it. Like this is this is for fun. This is art. This is supposed to be like a good feeling. Have a good time. Put something out. 
and just like run with it. And you don't have to overthink stuff. And Tim's run honestly taught me that. So I love that. Song. That's amazing. That's amazing how things like something like that, you know, you're just like, Hey, I'm just goofing around. You do this and boom, it, it's a teaching moment. It's your aha moment. And it's, yeah. and it, and it kind of sets you on the path for, you know, how you did everything after that. That's insane. You know, totally. and man, I love that. So I didn't know this, but you know, a lot of your stuff looks like it has some high production value, but it seems like you're kind of in the, in the same like conversation as Tom McDonald as in the way you go about making your music videos, you know, like that guy literally got a, a sheet of plywood, turned it into a green screen and made what, probably would have been a couple hundred thousand dollar music video and he made it for three thousand dollars or something like that sure. you know? um no that's like i something that i've learned is it's like you don't need a big budget to create a cool video because I forget who said this it was in an interview they were talking about how musicians they're super creative when they make their music but then when it comes to like the video, the marketing, the branding, all that stuff, suddenly they want to Google like how to promote my music. And the creativity, they don't treat it like a creative problem where you're trying to figure out where me, it's like, okay, what do I have? And that's how it started with the Canadian remixes too. It was like, okay, I want to make a funny video. What do I have? Oh, I have a snowbank outside. Let's use that. And then when it came to Tim Run, um, there's another really cool thing. My family, for some reason, it was my auntie worked at a high school and they had this big, like 40 foot wide by 20 foot um, sort of tall, like Canadian flag. One of those big Canadian flags you would fly and the school's going to throw it out. And my dad being the farmer, he was just like, don't throw it out. We'll take it. And it sat in a bag for 20 years in our concert. And then we, I always knew about it, and then I started doing this. And so we had it hung up on the wall of my Quonset. In some of my videos, you'll see it. It's like this giant backdrop of a massive Canadian flag. And I've seen I, it. Like, what do you have? What do you have with you right now? And there was some study. I forget what it is, so I can't tell people to look it up. But it's a well-known study about how basically artists, when they're put in a room with unlimited freedom, will be much less productive and creative than if you take an artist and are like, you have one hour, you have to paint uh, this, like do something. And when you put restraint on your art, it actually influences your creativity. People think of being creative as just like, do whatever you want, but it, it actually doesn't work that way. No. If you, yeah, look at what you have and use it. it it'll inspire you and you'll make them cool. Dude, look at, Okay, you've probably never seen my TikToks, but look at what I do, like, right? Like, you know, I am... You're a great example. I watch your TikToks, and they're funny as hell. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, hey, I appreciate that. Um, look at, like, I, I have restraints. I have restrictions on where I can post and where I can't, right? Mm -hmm. So I know I can get the rig in the background, but I can't have the rig name in the background or the number. So then I got to change my area of focus. I got to go off on this angle rig right and you know then then i can't have all of them on this angle this can't be in there so then you know i i learn how to work around that i go over there i do this and you know there's often restraints on my time when i can do it. it's like hey you got 20 minutes to yourself you know after that if you don't have a video to put up today 
you're not having a video to put up today. you got to get to work, right? So I got 20 minutes. Okay, so I'm sitting there thinking around, sitting there, I'm looking, I'm looking. Boom, an idea pops in. I, I put it up, and sometimes it does good. Sometimes it shits the bed. You know what I mean? I don't care either way. I'm not doing it for views. I'm doing it for my value, my, my uh, yeah. myself, right? And, yeah. um, you know, if I think it's funny, I, I've – I've, I'm, I've succeeded. Right. And, you know, and that's, and the fact that we've gone from me doing it just because I need, I need something to change, uh, you know, my day or the, the monotony of my day and, and cheer me up to it's helped cheer up many others. I couldn't have asked for more. You know what I mean? I couldn't have asked for anything like that ever. And I had a really cool moment on site yesterday. I'm just going to get into this real quick. Uh, I had a really cool moment on site yesterday where I'm, I was there cleaning a rig tank. And when I come out, buddy's like, hey, can you wash all our crew trucks? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I'm spraying down the crew trucks. And uh, buddy, another guy comes up to me and he's like, hey. And he, and he goes to shake my hand. And I'm like, oh, I took my glove off covered in oil, right? So and he's like, oh, you don't need to do that, right? I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm going to do it. So I shook his hand and he's like, I just want to say thank you. I'm like, thanks for what, man? He's like, I love your videos. He's like, you give us something to laugh at. You give us something to look forward to uh, while we're away from home, while we're in the cold, while we're wet, while we're miserable. You help us get through that with your videos. And, and we want to thank you for everything you do for the oil field. And dude, in a million years, like never did I expect to hear something like that. You know what I mean? That is incredible, you know? Yeah. And, and I did it for me to feel better while I was wet, cold, miserable, away from home. And... <laughs> I, I'm humbled. I, that that truly humbled me. You know what I mean? Like that's that's beautiful. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I love that. No, that's like, yeah. No, that's a. Uh, I I hope that. Do Do you record this? Like. Uh yeah yeah okay. the, the video the video goes up on YouTube and and yeah the, uh, for sure. Well, I was yeah. just gonna say like to people watching in the future, it's like doing being yourself and being unafraid to be yourself and like show who you are it can make a big difference in the world man like Huge. it sounds boring and cliche but you can make a big difference in the world by just you know putting putting it out there putting yourself out there you Amen. can really, like yeah that's crazy i i um uh... And, and that's huge for you, man. Like the dreadlocks and, you know, the, the Canadiana, you know what I mean? Like, dude, I got off the plane at Halifax. You know, I, dude, I love that. I love that with, with my dreams and my hockey bed, you know? And, yeah. oh, man, it just makes me wonder, like, what song is he going to come out with next? What awesome yeah. thing is he going to come out with next, right? Like, hey, you know, uh, I don't know. I just don't have anything off the top of my head. But, you know, I'm sure you could – you probably redo the hip uh, some hip songs or something can't get any more canadian than the hip right that's true i was i was just doing a thing i was looking up a bunch of canadian songs to do one of those i made one of those like do you know the song sort of like sing-along tiktoks i don't know if you've seen those where it's like yeah it plays songs in a row and if you know it, you sing along to it and then you see how many you know and i wanted to do one with canadian songs from my childhood and I was getting a lot of inspiration from, it was like Bare Naked Ladies. I should definitely do a Bare Naked Ladies remix. And you should. Uh, yeah, I um, there were so many good ones. Like, I mean, fun fact: 
my guitar teacher growing up was the same person who taught Chad Kruger and his brothers of Nickelback how to play guitar. Uh, very well, close Hannah's to not that far. Yeah, Hannah's not that my far. Mom actually, my mom actually babysat Chad Kruger growing up because they used to live in Ohio. Yeah. Wow, so, I didn't know that. That's from, crazy. From very close to Nickelback. So there's some of those songs like, I really want to do... Um, I, I did a short version of Rockstar, like, because we all just want to be big rock stars. And mine was, we all just want to be big hosers, living in the yeah. igloos, is it warm? No, sir. Um, what was it? Uh, the beer comes easy and the health care's free, so we spend <laughs> all day at the hockey rink. And <laughs> I forget where it goes from there, but I had the whole chorus written, and I wanted to do a full version of that one. That might be next on my uh, radar. How, how long does it take you to think of something? Like, how long? Okay. Like you, yeah. you said you come up where you had a little bit of Tim's run and then you went right, right to work after that. Right. Yeah. And it didn't take long, but like how long, you know, let's say like, you know, the rest of them, how long can it come up? And, and how do you know when it's, when it's good? Right. How do you know when it's like, okay, man, I got to put this out. I have, I realized at a certain point that I sort of learned how to be a good writer. And then I realized that being a good writer wasn't enough. You need to be a fast writer. <laughs> and so I sort of applied myself to doing that and learning how to just trust myself. And normally it's like half a day, like two or three hours. I'll write a full Canadian remix sort of thing. Sometimes I really pop off and it's like 20 minutes. And I basically freestyle the whole thing. But sometimes it's like a day or two. Sometimes I get half done and I'm like kind of burnt out and I need to come back to it the next day. But, you know, it, it used to be I'd take months to write a song when I was younger. And then doing Canadian remixes helped me with that because in terms of like what's good enough to put out, I put out, I mean, I probably have, I'm probably over 100 songs on Spotify. Like, wow. not all of these songs are hits. I have a lot of songs that do not pop off. And it's there is no good enough to release for me. Like, everything goes out. And I just did that under... I also released not just OGR Scintilla, but I released... Uh, I started releasing music under my name, Shane William Kimber. And that's where I released my more serious music. And I put out a 35-song album of just all these songs that I've been sort of tinkering with and working on for the past few years. And it's just like enough perfectionism. Just like, I know the vocal isn't quite, you know, I, the reverb isn't right on the vocal or the, I, I, I want the drums to be louder, all this crap, but it's just like, stop it, put out the music. And I put it out and yeah. So now it's like, I sit down and when you're in a mood, when you're trying to, capture a certain energy for a song if you're in that mood when you write it it's really hard to write something especially if you're in a good mood and then come back and try to capture that sort of when you wrote that that line you thought was hilarious about um i don't know like i had this song called bender boy that's just all hockey chirps it's like when you're in that mood and you're laughing and you think it's great you should record it right there and like write it record it after that moment, it's like like when you try to retell a story that happened at a party, and it's never as funny as if you were there. It's like that when you're doing a song. So, yeah, absolutely nice. How 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 long is it? Like I've seen your videos, man. It looks like it takes a long time and a lot of editing. 
<laughs> um, so I, I have done a lot of editing. I, I, I've sort of started to enjoy video editing more, but I wish I could spend more time. I spend way more time video editing than I do making music, which kind of sucks because I like making music more than I like video editing. Um, <laughs> Party in Canada video might be one that like that took like a week solid of editing because it was all I filmed myself on a green screen and then I had to get all these images off online and then automate them all. Uh, recently, what I've got is this really cool 360 camera and you can put it on a, in a case with a selfie stick. And if you look at my recent videos, there's all this like cool camera movement and it's actually on the selfie stick because it has a camera on both sides. Oh. This is like how people do virtual reality videos and it can use the algorithm. It takes the selfie stick out so that you don't see the stick coming out of my hand. It's really cool. And uh, like cool. My, my recent videos where I'm riding a snowmobile, um, this has saved me a lot of time because I just do one take of me lip syncing the whole song. And then I have the caption sort of preset pre-made in my video editor. I pop the footage in, I chop it up into six or seven clips and then boom, I've got it. So I used to spend a lot more time video editing, but same thing. I realized that like I just like other things more than I like sitting at the computer a lot. So, <laughs> so I okay. try ways to pump out good videos and getting this camera and sort of thinking harder, not smarter has helped me. Like in the last five days, I made content for like the month of April. Wow. Like every day, I mean, like how many videos every day? And I've got all scheduled set up where in the past I used to be working my butt off to try to keep my head above water. Like, Oh, I got to post every day or whatever. And I'd be video editing for 10 hours or whatever. And I, I got, I made great videos. I still want to make some videos like that. I don't want to do everything like this, but um, yeah, I'm not the quickest video editor, but because of that, I'm just sort of trying to play to my strengths and weaknesses and find ways to, you know, make it go. Absolutely. Yeah. So I recently just started, uh, like not recently, but like, you know, TikTok is constantly updating its editing tools and, you know, it's making it more and more. So you don't have to go to CapCut and other things. Right. Yeah. Which is weird because then a lot of those new filters are from CapCut. Right. Yeah. So it's, and they've got that link to TikTok thing now, but, uh, you know, CapCut, I'm pretty sure, or they're, they're in cooperation somehow. Yeah. I think they're in cooperation for sure. But, um, so, you know, I was messing around with a video yesterday and I didn't know how I was going to make it. And then, you know, I got desperate. So then I started, you know, staring at it and, and, and really dissecting it. And then I discovered it. The answer was so simple. It was like right in front of my face the whole time. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay. Now that it changed, it probably changed the way I can make other videos from now on too. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely gonna, you know, play around with that a bit more, but uh, you know, um same as work tiktok is a lot like going to work every day the moment i come and i stop learning is the moment i just leave right and i'm constantly learning on the app so yeah yeah for sure for sure i uh i think that i'm lucky and, and you're kind of the same way where you've got a niche where you kind of know what content you're making and it's yeah. working so you can just sort of have fun with like all right what am i going to try to do I think where it's stressful is for people when they first start, 
and they don't really know how to express themselves in a way that genuine like they sort of end up just doing the trends and that sort of thing whereas uh yeah a lot of it's about knowing who you are i feel like true 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 absolutely um but the trends you know like i can look at a trend and i can i so what i do is i go to the sound and i watch like two thousand videos that are below that or maybe i'll even only get through five or six of them before i listen to the sound over and over and over and over and over again right and then i'm like hey i know i can use this somehow with my trend i or my niche i know i can use this right and then i listen and then i record myself like with this noise in the background me just sitting there you know laying around doing whatever and then i play with it for maybe a day or two and or sometimes it comes right away right but you think it's to put yeah it's like oh my god i and like today i put out a video and i saw when i saw the thing i'm like i know exactly what i'm doing for that right they boom right i I come out with it but and sometimes it's like sometimes i'll make a video that's a little dicey to make and i'll save it to my drafts and then i'll watch it back a couple times like "Mm, delete right because that's just that's not who I am. That's not part of what I want to do. And, you know, like it is part of my niche, but like there are just some niche specific things that I will not do. I will not go into. So, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just how it is. But yeah, no, man, I, I love, I love this whole, I love dissecting and going into um, this with creators, you know, uh, you know, guys like you that are super creative that have this thing that just explodes. I love knowing what goes on behind the scenes. I love, you know, the the hard work you put in, the sweat, the blood, you know, the things you've sacrificed for this. It's, it's, it's really fun for me to peel back the layers. Yeah. You know, one thing that I realized is that uh, it's, You can't take social media too personal. One thing that I've learned is that my page is not me and I am not my page. And that's, that's hard for people because like most people that get introduced to with like Facebook, Instagram, you know, you're posting pictures of yourself and then you start to try to entertain people. That's another thing I learned is like, there is no, there is no music industry. There is an entertainment industry and you Mm. can use music to entertain people. But understand that when you're on social media, people want to be entertained. And I mean, that's what I want. When I go on social media, I want to be entertained. And I guess I just learned a little bit of empathy that way. It's like, how many times have I seen a video and thought, that's hilarious. And then maybe liked it, but swiped by and never looked at that, you know, never followed, never looked at that person again. So the first time you get a million views, you think this is it. My life is changing forever. I'm moving to Hollywood. Next post, (laughs) 2,000 views whatever and you're back down and you're just like what did i do wrong like why does yeah. everyone hate me now but yeah it's it's not like that it's really just people want to be entertained that doesn't mean that they're bad or they hate you or whatever and if people don't like your song it doesn't mean that you're a bad songwriter it's like and there's nothing wrong with yeah like the other thing is Social media only show about five to ten percent of your posts to your followers if you're lucky, and yep. because of that, I'm not afraid to pump out posts because I know that my followers are probably going to see one or two a week. I mean, you know, if they really love me, they'll see more. But that's because they yeah. really love me. So it's like, yeah, there's just so many things to 
it it really is a long distance you know it's like a marathon sort of thing yeah absolutely um those big videos they're great and you need them you know they bring in followers they get you new fans and they feel good but they're really not the name of the game it's sort of like how many how many flops can you are you willing to post (laughs) <laughs> they're not flops because they still get even if your post gets 50 views that's 50 views and you know like it, exactly yeah. if you get afraid because you're not going viral then that fear is going to hold you back sort of thing and you can take it personal and then you think you suck and yeah i feel like the mental game is the game to really win if you want to be yeah. social media you want 100 percent um, have you have you experienced mental burnout or mental wear and tear uh, that way? Yeah, I have. I in the beginning, like yeah. I said, it was really hard. You, it feels like you're on this roller coaster of big success, big failure, big success, big failure. And after enough time, I just saw it where like the followers are going up, and then boom, they just plateau or maybe go down a little for a few months. And that hits so hard when you first when you're first going up, you think, I'm gonna keep going up forever. I'm finally gonna become a musician. And then boom, it plateaus and you're just like, oh no, this was just like I'm gonna fall off. Everybody's heard of that, like, oh, they fell off sort of internet dialect. And it just it gets to your head. It does. Yeah, it does. It it really does. To me, I feel like I, I I thought about it lots, all these great things, but really experience and just not giving up is what allowed me to gain the mental skills that I needed because you yeah. through that boom bust enough and then eventually you start to realize it's just a part of the game. And like- The, the oil field, baby. <laughs> yeah, boom yeah. bust is it a part of the game. The the mental- oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? shit um i was gonna say that i forget oh yeah i had an instagram account deleted on me it just like i don't know what happened it was just like your instagram account has been reported for suspicious behavior gone and i was like just hit twenty thousand followers and that was really hard that was that was just before that was like a few weeks before tim's run happened and i was like so defeated it was the worst that was like in that, I was in that headspace of like, should I even bother posting this? You know, because like, but then just like, boom, Tim's run happens, and um, I guess it's kind of in line with and this is a nice little rant. I'm just gonna keep it flying. Um, keep going, and, buddy. And with the uh, the idea that you need to use what is available to you, and sort of like what's at your disposal is what is going to guide your creativity. In the same way that you look around you and get inspired. Um, you have to accept that life is going to give you opportunities. And it's not for, like planning. I think planning is really overrated. It's good to know who you are and what you want. Yes. I think goals are stupid. Fuck goals. <laughs> Fuck your goals. <laughs> like, I, I think that... Um, Goals are just an organized form of anxiety. <laughs> Ooh, dude, that's, you know, I don't plan 
anything to do with the podcast. I don't do my homework. I don't do anything. I come in, I fly by the seat of my pants. I don't plan. I just like, okay, this, would I plan a conversation if I randomly ran into you in the street? No, I wouldn't. Right. So like, I like to have an unplanned conversation. I like to be just as interested or just as surprised as the information that I'm receiving as the people that are going to be listening to it for the first time right so i don't i don't do any planning i don't want to you know what i i know that i like your stuff i know that you know i like you and and that's it that's all i need to know right and you know people like yeah yeah this like podcast is a perfect microcosm of what i'm talking about if you like you're never going to go all right i've got ogr centella on we're going to talk about birthing cows for the first 15 minutes Pokemon for 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> plan this. But this is by far one of the best like interview podcasts, hangouts like that I've ever had. Because it's not like, oh, uh, why did you start making music? Why did you, <laughs> you ask some good questions? But like you're not gonna cut me off from like talking about how Patrice you won the 2013 Pokemon Championship. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's, that's that's just a part of life, and I feel like that's where I, like, everything can link back to this mentality. It's not just about social media; like it's, it's way bigger than that. Yeah, and I, I love that. And you know, I had Chris Barber on, the leader of the Freedom Convoy, um, cool. uh, on episode three. You know, and you know, everyone. Hey, Chris. Hey, Kylie. Uh, I had Chris Barber on on episode three. And, you know, everyone wants Chris Barber, the trucker, the freedom convoy guy, right? I've hung out with Chris and I've talked to him a ton. There's a lot more to the man than the convoy. And that's what I wanted to get out of it, right? And and you know what I mean? I wanted to know, like, how'd you get into trucking? Why? You know, like, and and the family man, you know what I mean? And and something like this, you know, we went on a wild Pokemon tangent there for a while. Chris, Chris over here, by the way, she's big into Pokemon Go as well. Chris, you're 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 new to the you're new to the live stream. We we talked about Pokemon for a good 15, 20 minutes. (laughs) It's good. Yeah, I think that it's it's almost like uh, yeah, it's a big thing in life to. I knew kids in grade 10 who they knew they had to get these grades because they wanted to go to this school and they could be a doctor by the time they were 24. It's like, you look at their lives now, they're not doctors and their lives are great. They have great lives, but all of that stressing and planning and goal setting was just like a socially acceptable way to be super anxious and scared about your life. And yeah. People, people, the future is scary, you know? It's hard to not know what's going to happen. But if you accept that that's what makes life fun and interesting, as opposed to what makes it scary, uh, you're going to be way better. I don't know how many more mics we can drop here tonight, man. Like, (laughs) damn. Um, Dude, so so as you were just saying, I saw a video. I saw a video. Oh, my God. Of course you've got all the mics. Of course. Oh, he's still going. He's still going. Still going. Uh, <laughs> oh, damn. How many you got there, man? Holy. It's is this sad, like man. a clown car for Mike? You're just pulling them out? Like, these, these are, are, they, are they coming out of your mouth? <laughs> and then I got my other two condenser mics that I actually use and record my stuff on. These are all like uh, different microphones I bought along the way. This is a microphone. Wow. 
borrowed from my university. This is my first mic. Actually, no, my first my first songs I recorded in junior high. I recorded them on the microphone you get with the video game rock band, which is oh, actually a actual USB microphone. So I plugged that into my computer and recorded. I got this in my first year of college, USB mic. Then I upgraded to this um, AT2020 microphone, sensor microphone. And then I don't know where I got this. I might have borrowed this microphone too. Not bad. <laughs> you might be sitting on one. Are you sitting on one? I feel like you're sitting on one or two. Sitting on a microphone? Yeah, I feel like you might be sitting on one or two of them. Like, there's no way that that's all of them. You, you, there's more, right? Yeah. Well, this is my baby. This is my um, AKG C4. What is it? Um, this thing's dope. Uh, actual musicians record with this microphone. C414. Uh, see, yeah, yeah, it looks see, expensive. It's it's cool. It looks I expensive. Have, um, <laughs> Let's break this, it. <laughs> this is fun. This is random. I like being random. Um, Me too. This one is the. Uh, and I also like people are all about like don't gatekeeper or tell people. And this is like if people are into music, this is this is what like Tim's run and everything up until I got that microphone like a year ago. But like everything Tim's run and before. And a little bit after is on this latent clarion microphone it's really cool but it's like very crispy sounding so okay. um i actually like never use this lots of people use these sm7b microphones they're very popular but podcasting uh, yeah podcasting and yeah. stuff but my i need one still... what are you doing with that one <laughs> yeah, I, I would, if you want to buy this off me, I would 100% sell it to you. <laughs> Actually, How much? like, um, I think I got it for 500. So it's like I've literally never used it. Something less than 500. I don't know. Well, there, depreciation is a thing, right? Yeah, that, <laughs> I'll I'll check the odometer for you. No, yeah, honestly, yeah. It's, if I'll you want me. to go, like, I don't know. I want to ask 400, but I know that. Like you, like three fifty or something. I don't. I know. know I need to spend money on a on a good mic, so I, I know yeah. it's coming. I know it's coming. It's a thing that they were we're staring at right now in the face. So honestly, um, I would say get a um, I don't know. These are this is actually a SM. This is a, a faded. I think they're called SM seven. Bees. I'll, I'll look up the name. This is like a sure. Um, this is what all the like live musicians use, and these these are notorious for like a hundred bucks. And people always talk about them. It's like they're the best microphone for the money. And if you've got like loose nails, you can use it as a hammer to pound the nails because they're so durable. You can drop them. Yeah, I need like, that right. too. I need that yes. too. Because so, honestly, I want to make a video about uh, hammers in the oil field, right? And, you know, the hammer's always missing. I just pull out a random mic and just start hammering with it. Like, dude. <laughs> oh, this is a, a 58, but the SM57 is sort of, it's been around since the dawn of microphones. The design hasn't changed. It's just like a dope microphone. I use this whenever I do like live stream stuff. And it's okay. awesome. Uh, let's let's take a moment to 
Let's take a yeah. moment to shout out your hat there. No, no, I want to hear about that microphone still. Okay, I want to cool, hear about cool. that microphone still. Don't don't yeah. put it away. Uh, yeah. Let's take a moment to shout out your UFA hat because okay. that, sir, that is that is beautiful. Thank you. This is my grandpa's hat, and um, yeah, it's just like in mint condition. It's, it's so nice. I figured I would wear it and uh, show off just the, the sort of the. It's got the leather strap on the back. And the little rope. I love these hats with the rope on the front. That's when you know it's like a nice old farmer yeah. hat. Shout out it's, to the UFA guys, United Farmers Association. Yes, <laughs> United Farmers of Alberta. Well, is that what UFA actually stands for? It is. Yeah, it's UFA is just in Alberta. Yeah. No, it's not. It's in BC too. It's in BC it is? too. Yep, in I Dawson swear Creek. That i may i'm probably look a canadian i swear ufa was like the united farmers of alberta it could be it could be, it could be farmers association and i'm just but an idiot. there's I'm definitely one in dawson creek bc but okay. dawson creek is pretty much alberta anyways they want to be us so like you know <laughs> uh, so so the last mic you were talking about the last mic um this is my last this is like the first microphone that i was super proud of this is sennheiser 441 i bought it off this random guy on Kijiji where I bought a lot of my first music stuff and yeah it's really cool um it just is like if you listen to my first sort of mixtape I put out called Talking with Kick Drums all of the vocals were recorded on this and I like it I should honestly record with it again because it has like a cool mellow sound to it and maybe if I record some like where I just want to sound weird and sad i'll try that microphone again so shout out to the sour moose here who just came in that's court that's christina kovalenko who's above above her that's her candy store she's just starting to open up in eastern alberta there tofield new candy store is coming to uh tofield alberta i think she's opening after easter shout out to the sour moose yeah i know to yeah. i know tofield I, I have friends from tofield that's cool i played yeah. volleyball yeah. With you guys from tofield. That's awesome, man. So, yeah. okay, so I want to go back to your thing about planning and how it's just anxiety and stuff like that, okay? Yes. So I, I saw I saw a video on TikTok the other day that it was an, it, they were talking on another podcast, and he's like, "Do you know what your your college or your university degree is? Do you know the only thing that it is? So basically, it's worth nothing, right?" Basically, what that tells an employer is that you were able to show up every day for four years and to the same place and and commit. And that shows an employer, hey, this guy went to the same, this guy was able to sit through college for university for four to 10 years or whatever it is. Wow, we want this guy, you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. and that's all it's good for, you know, like anything that I can learn in school. I can learn in the field. I can learn hands-on. You teach me how to do it. Faster, too. Oh, dude, I learned how to, um, so a surveyor, I was working with a surveyor one day, and he wanted to go for lunch, and I didn't want to stop, because if I stopped, it cut us, it cut us our, our chances of actually getting to go home that day, like, in half, right? So I'm like, hey, man, teach me how to use it. You go for lunch. So he taught me how to use it. He gave me the rundown, man, and he went for lunch, and he came back. He expected, you know, they'd be off. 
And like, I'm like, no, I had them all bang on, right? They were all bang on. He's like, man, you learned in 20 minutes what I went to school for four years for. And I'm like, yeah, fucking dude, I want to go home. (laughs) Yeah, man. That's hilarious. (laughs) If you were allowed to go through university at your own pace, and like as soon as you're done the courses, you get you get your degree. Imagine how fast some people would go through university. <laughs> like people who like yeah. go home. Like, but yeah. you have to take care so people just dog it. Absolutely. Um fuck, man, where are we going? Um shit, I don't even remember where we were going with that, but yeah, university we're, is shit, pretty much. I was talking about just like kind of the social social media and what I learned and then I kind of got yes. off on that what about yes. you? what would you say about social media what have I learned about social media yeah what have you learned about it like to keep yourself you know enjoying it and yeah, pretty much the same a- thing you know I my social media page is me I am not my social media page right mm. and and that is huge I love that you said that that is monstrous i've learned that i don't need to post every single day to stay relevant the internet is my i'm not gonna wake up and we talked about this i think last week with uh, i i don't know if you know who bentelect is on tiktok um, i do um is he the guy who sort of reacts to stuff yeah yeah sort of yeah so he was on last week he was on that? yeah i had him on last week yeah oh hell yeah that's super dope um he, he i love that guy super hard for a while, where people were like, they'd stitch his videos and be like, they're in your walls, Benny boy. Did you see those memes when he was like, people were just attacking him online? No, I didn't see that. No, that but like, anyways. We, we were talking, and, and he's like, you know what? Uh, he's got, what, 12 million followers on TikTok. Yeah. And he's like, if I don't, yeah, if I don't post for two days, people aren't just going to stop unfollowing on they're not they're not going to hit the unfollow button the world is not going to end you know what i need i can take a break i i I don't have to but it's quality over quantity right and but what you said earlier you know like with your stuff everything goes up you just throw shit at the wall and see see what sticks right and you know what like yeah man some of the most random videos that i was just thrown in for filler have gone and blown up right and it's crazy and uh, there's no rhyme or reason to the internet, dude. But but one huge thing I've learned was also from a guest on this show way back in episode maybe seven or eight. No, eight was Dougie Snakes. So seven, I think, was uh, Gord from the Second Act podcast. Uh, we were on. And shout out to Gord in the Second Act. Uh, so we, we were on uh, talking and, you know, we, we did a live stream. And there was only five or six people in. Uh, watching the live stream and you know the number itself five or six looks tiny but if five or six people were standing in front of you hanging off every word you had to say like listening to you that's crazy that's a lot of people man you know what i mean and and he was saying that he'd never taken his podcast live before so you know and and you know to him it was like five or six people are listening to me talk about me and my podcast that's crazy I was right. going to say, I have stories that that brings to mind. One is about live streaming itself. I was big on TikTok Live uh, this summer and fall. I was live streaming constantly, doing it big. And there were some days where I would have two or 300 people on. And like just sometimes. That was sort of my peak when I was performing my songs. And I started doing, 
I just played Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness on my GameCube downstairs. Shout out to Pokemon again. Shout out to Pokemon. Circle them back around. <laughs> and we would average around 10 to sometimes 15 people, which at first I was kind of like, uh, but I got to really know those people. And it was the yep. same 10 people every day. And those are the people who helped me build my Discord, the people who like support me on Patreon. Those, those people bought merch. Those people supported me way more, those 10 people, than the hundreds of thousands of people who have watched my videos. Those 10 people have supported me way more than the other million who saw my videos. Yeah. like, other story. Yep. Yep. I put out a song. I remixed that Heat Waves. Like, sometimes all I think about is you. Yep. There's heat Waves, waves buddy. I got yeah. Heat Waves right here, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh... Merch link in bio. 10% off when you use code FROST8910. <laughs> Oh, I got other cool sunglasses. Let's see. Um, but I put out that song and it didn't get like a ton of streams or whatever. But I put out a video and someone from sort of like the local newspaper thought. And I actually got a front page story on my local newspaper and it ran in like Kinsley, Oyen, and a couple other towns because of that song. And I had like, I sat with my cows in the background and we, uh, I've, I've never worn sunglasses before. They're pretty cool. Um, actually, I have sunglasses too that I. I think I've seen that. I think I've seen that. Yeah, my greatest in Canada sunglasses. Oh well, you can't self promote everything. Do you <laughs> oh, know? Do you know another thing that I've learned? Right, is that um, especially with the TikTok, uh, with my with my podcast TikTok page, when you're just a small account, right? You you have the that option to see who's viewed your profile, who saw your videos. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, Hey, some of you fake friends out there, right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so no, and it doesn't mean that at all, but <laughs> yeah. you know, um, you know, views, you, you really see who, who, who's watching and who's actually liking, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, there, there are some people that watch way more people watch, that then way more that then there are people liking you know what i mean and and that's it's crazy everyone's watching but not everyone enjoys right so yeah. and, and yeah. i guess it's like not every follower like we get caught up on that number not every follower is the one sometimes the follower is i mean sometimes frost follows you and then invites you on his podcast you know oh <laughs> well, yeah. I've been following you on TikTok for a long time. It was I didn't even know you had the Instagram account, right? And then yeah. so I followed you on Instagram, and I'm like, you know what? Like, damn, dude, I should ask OGR if he wants to come on. I, I didn't. I okay, we'll get into this in a minute after I finish where I'm going with it. But you know, I started following you, and then I sent you the message, dude. You messaged me back, which was like, holy shit, right? And, uh -huh. and, and then, you know, we followed back and whatnot and, and here we are, man. And it's, it's crazy that I'm having this conversation with someone and dude, I didn't even know you lived in Alberta. That's, that's crazy, <laughs> man. Like, like, man, Canada has got so much talent. I had no idea Alberta was putting us all on the map. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you see all the shit that all the people coming out of, out of Alberta on TikTok. It's an insane place, man. Yeah. No, Alberta. Full of talent. Yeah. Um, 
was I going to say? I forget. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, if you are doing any sort of social media, um, the number of times that I've messaged some random musician that I found on TikTok who has like a thousand followers or 500 followers and they don't reply to me is like dozens and dozens of times. And I would have loved to make a song with them and like help promote their song or their channel because I love their music. So like I, I really try to, especially Instagram. Um, I have a Snapchat for fans that is like, that's sort of, I know. Just, I know. Um, reply to everyone there, but like Instagram, email, all that stuff. You, you just have to, if you get to the point where you're big enough where you can't, you should probably like hire someone because you can't let that stuff slip through the cracks. You could find that super fan or that producer who's going to send you the next beat or that person who gets you on their podcast or whatever it is. Like it's, it's about people, you know, it, it, it really is about people. And don't forget that social media is about people. And That's exactly what it is. It's it, a tool it, that we need to start using a lot more of the way that it's supposed to be used. Right. And, and not as a platform to bully people, not as a platform to be a piece of shit in general, you know, <laughs> like, you know, in the end, in the end, it's not the government that's going to have our back. It's each other, right? We got to start having each other, you know? And I don't know why I said the government. That's stupid. But anyways, either way, um, speaking of the Snapchat thing, I have my own Snapchat for, for the same thing. And I do the same thing. I, I My Snapchat's in my link tree. And anyone that follows me, I follow back. I get a lot of those. Uh, they send you really, really provocative pictures. And then they send you a link, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, ah, unfriend. Thanks for coming, though, you know? Um, yeah. But, man, like, I I don't have the OGR Snapchat. I, I Every time I see it public, I, I've never seen it. And you can't follow everyone back, right? 5,000 people or something. I, I've Every time I hit the limit, I make a new one. So oh. I'm on my third Snapchat account. Wow. And what I should do, honestly, is I should get one of those. I don't know if they're any good, though, is people get those text lines. Where you can like text this number to, da, 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 yeah. and I'll send you a thing whenever my new song comes out, or like reply to people whenever I get a spare minute, and uh, that would be cool. But it's just what what it really was is when that Instagram account got deleted, I realized how impermanent all this stuff is and how easily it can be taken away if you're yep. building a social media platform. And also, it was at the time I was trying to do more live stuff, live events, and like performing. And since I've sort of decided I'm a bit more of a homebody and I really just like sitting at home and making music and videos. And uh, cabin well, cows. Yes, and cows. <laughs> but I realize it's like you post about, hey, I got a show in Calgary. And sometimes only 2% of your following sees that. 2% of your following, how many of those live in Calgary? You know, you might see get five or 10 people. And I started to use a Google form to collect like, hey, if you want to see me live, just like drop your city and your Snapchat or whatever. And then when I come there, I can actually message you directly. And if you're building with social media, um, especially even if you haven't blown up yet, because I say yet, because it's not if it's yet. Yep. It's like yep. if you're doing social media or music or something like that, it's not a matter of if it is a matter of when, and it's a matter of how long you're willing to go and how long you can go without burning yourself out. Yeah. Um, so, Two years so far. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Man. That's, that's <laughs> um, 
and you're doing great stuff. Um, uh, I'm having fun. Having those things in place where you can get in touch with people, especially if you have like uh, sour moose, you know, you get these people who follow and they're interested, get their email yes. or their phone number or something because social media is an entertainment platform. It's not really a place to post and go, hey, I've got a new album out and everybody will see it. You know, it's like- well, the sour moose, actually, um, at a time when I was looking to start a website. And I wasn't vocal about it. This woman comes into my live, Christina Kovalenko over there, comes into my live and she's she's taking an interest in me, right? Taking an interest in everything, everything. And, and it goes beyond interest in my social media life. It goes, starts like personal, right? It's like, okay, cool. And so we're talking and we're, we're hanging out, right? On, on, on social media and she's always there. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, follow back, right? And then we start talking and, and I find out she's a web designer. Right. I'm like, what the hell? So, you know, the, the, the universe puts her in my lap. Well, here we are uh, over a year later. Uh, our families are super close. Uh, I love her kids her, and, and her kids love my kids and my kids love them. And my wife and her like, nah, you know, and, and her husband's good shit. He's OK. Right. He's all right. No, no he's he's good shit. And, and you know, uh, I couldn't ask for, you know, anything better. You know, there, are, there have been times where I have trusted people on the app, right? And, and it's burned me a little bit. But, you know, uh, I, I only trust a couple people now. And I'm happy to say and honored to say that she is, her and her entire family are, are among those people. So, yeah. yeah. That's it. You're, you're reminding me of my people and you're making me feel guilty because I forgot to, like, post this in my story or whatever. And I was like, oh, man, my people would have showed up for sure. They'll definitely watch the replay of this. Um, don't, don't let them watch the replay of it. Uh, you know, uh, it goes up in a couple weeks. I think mid-May the episode will actually go up. Cool. And, you know, because uh, I, I like to have a bunch in the chamber in case I get really busy. So, um, you know, I, I think um, this is episode 18 and episode 12 is about to drop. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, episode 16 this will be 16 and episode 12 is about to come out so whatever it is whatever the numbers are and there's no set rules saying that hey i have to post them in order right mm -hmm. so i gotta record and throw it up anytime i want <laughs> so you know what i mean hey hey showbiz baby right you know, i don't know it's it, it's me right i don't know but whatever um yeah who knows i might just randomly throw it up throughout sometime it could be a bonus episode who knows right you know, this cool thing I saw, there was a big thing in the past few years or whatever about how well-filmed, high-quality ads online were starting to perform really badly because people would just get past them. And whereas if it was sort of like, a, hey, I'm here in my garage with my Ferraris, I don't remember that, like somebody with their phone just talking to it, people would actually watch it because it feels a lot more real. And that's why I don't stress the production value and I just keep it real. And I like you do because people, it, it's human, right? Yeah. Yeah. We are. We're not super, you know. Well, I've had this conversation, right? I don't edit. I don't edit the podcast. There was one podcast I edited. I edited it because, you know, we went, it was a live stream. It was uh, Matt Webb who drove across Canada on his uh, big red trike. Uh, oh, he messaged me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. I've had, and I didn't have time. I was, I was yeah. going to make a call for his journey, but 
Yeah, man. It was, uh, I had him on episode 10. We live streamed it and, and dude, it was amazing. Great guy. But I had technical difficulties with the front at the beginning. So like it was the first three minutes was just radio silence. Right. So I edited it. But when I edited it, I put it through it through my computer, and the one that I accidentally threw up was the one that I didn't edit. So the one that's out there right now is the the one with three minutes of just nothing, right? And the episode was doing well, whatever. But I don't edit, and I don't really care if we have audio issues. That yeah, it bugs me, but whatever, it goes up. It goes up how it goes up, right? Because that's life. I like, you know what I mean? There's no do-overs in life. I can't edit out life. You know what I mean? It happened, it happened. And that's, yeah. this is my podcast. You know what I mean? It's life. So yeah, yeah it's, I, I love it. It's, it's been a lot of fun. You know what I mean? I, it's, it's great. That's dope. Um, yeah, man. So I've had to learn that. Honestly, I, I was the type of person who was really chill about things except for those few things that I cared too much about. So like music, I would just obsess and be too much of a perfectionist. And I became the same way about my content because to me, that was, to me, I didn't see the separation between myself and my content and my music. It was all sort of, it was, it was kind of unhealthy actually. And I think a lot of artists have that unhealthy relationship and social media um, influencers, comedians, all of it have an unhealthy relationship with their art. and um anyways i was saying that oh, mic drop <laughs> <laughs> yes um actually I i'm gonna go on another side tangent because this is <laughs> do it but man let's go let's go i love them when i was in europe i had this realization that i uh, know it's kind of a cool moment i was in uh academia in florence italy where they have the statue of david and I don't know if you've been there, but it's absolutely incredible. This massive statue made of marble, I think. And it's carved with such detail, like the veins in the back of the hands. You can see the veins in the back of his hands and every muscle is perfectly placed. And there's all these people just like sitting there in awe at this incredible statue. And I couldn't help but think that the people, like on my people watching thing, like sort of, mindset I do it. I do watching, it too. watching people look at the statue of david as beautiful as it was looking at the people looking at the statue was actually more beautiful than the statue itself because the statue is just a replica of life and everybody's looking at this replica with such marvel and such adoration meanwhile there's a bunch of originals like wow what a great replica of a human meanwhile the building's full of humans and no one's appreciating the actual real thing <laughs> and i feel like a lot of art is just an attempt to replicate something or capture a feeling or convey an emotion and uh i i was sort of struck with this thought of like man people don't appreciate the moment and actual life and sometimes artists in particular, they can almost worship art, almost like it's a god or a religion. And um, they can put the, what do they call it? The, the cart, uh, the, the, the cart, cart in front of the horse. The cart in front of the horse, yeah. yeah. You put the cart in front of the horse because art is about appreciating life in the moment. And I've decided in my mind now that I, I'm going to think of art as a natural human excrement 
no different from poop or sweat or anything <laughs> like that. Art, art comes out of people. You, like you need some art to to come out of your system, just like you need a poop every day, or else you're gonna get bunged up and you're gonna feel bad. If you don't make some art, if you don't create something fun, like make jokes, like comedy or art or whatever it is, you're gonna be unhealthy. But don't worship your poop, you know. <laughs> and that's that's honestly the mentality that I look at it from. Art is a natural human excrement because we live a, a hard life sometimes. We live in a crazy society and life's crazy and all these things. And you got to get it out there. You got to express yourself. And that expression is a natural part of being a human being. But don't worship the art more than you worship the actual moment. And oh my. Yeah. It, it's a big shift because as an <sighs> artist, people, they like, they worship art. And it's like, my purpose to be alive is to create art. It's the reason I live. And it's like, no, it's not. You're, you're, not, you're, not here, you're not here to make art. You're here to like do whatever you want. You're here. You're here to be here. There, you, yeah. Like it's not that you know. Like it, you, when you, whenever you push something, whenever you elevate something, you you drop something down as a consequence of it. It's like the whole equal and opposite reactions. Whatever Newton said, a little yin yang thing going on. Where if you put something, if you worship something, then you're saying everything else is below it. And oh. if you put art up here, then you're going to subconsciously start to think that life sucks. And art is what's getting you through this crappy life. And life sucks, but because of art, I can make it through. When in reality, it's like, maybe, maybe art is getting you through your crappy life, but maybe you think your life is crappy because you've chosen to worship art as if it's like a god. Maybe you're worshiping Damn. art. Damn. Dude. There's a <laughs> Bro, this is why this is why I don't care if you go on wild tangents, bro. When I'm walking down a path and I see another path, I don't think to myself, I wonder if that's going to take me off a cliff. I just walk down it. Yeah. Right? And and you know what? It comes back to I want to milk a fucking cow. Okay? Like <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll walk up maybe there's a trampoline at the bottom who knows maybe with a cow that i get to milk on the trampoline yeah, knows, dude? dude that that was insane but speaking of excretions and shit like that and art <laughs> like i go home in like three or four days and i can't wait to express some art yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. i can't big, wait to express the big, art big old steaming dump of art Oh, I'm not talking about pooping, buddy. Like my <laughs> wife and I, neither of us are going to be walking straight the next on Wednesday or Thursday, whenever it is. We're both. If dudes couldn't get pregnant before, they will now, right? Like that's just. <laughs> Here we are. Oh shit. That is. Oh cool. god. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. That's yeah. that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Um. No, I. It, it doesn't come across in my content and that's why I'm trying to do more like serious music and stuff too. But I love to think, I love philosophy. I'm kind of like, uh, I, I like learning about Buddhism and all these different ways of looking at life. So um, it, it, it just, it just makes sense to me. I don't know. I, I enjoy, I've always enjoyed just appreciating life, you know, just like I'm a simple person. I like food. I like friends. I like being outside. Um, I like, 
just like simple things like that. Like basically like nature. I like writing songs. I like spending time with friends and eating good food and getting Hell good yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I've always sort of wondered, I feel like just because that's like my natural taste, um, that's just what I'm into. I've always like, why are people, what are people chasing? Why are people working so hard to make so much money? Like, it, it, is it really that cool to have a nice car? Like, is it, and I sort of just wanted to explore these things. And I realized like, oh no, people are just like sort of grasping at straws because of these things that they learned when they were young about, I don't know, trying to solve problems that they made up for themselves and fix insecurities, like patch up insecurities and treat the symptoms of their insecurity as opposed to overcoming the insecurity itself. And... <sighs> <laughs> it's like I, I just um yeah it, it's just always been interesting to me so i'd love to talk about it well dude you should you should really turn that into a song yes i um, you should I, I i write a lot of songs about that type of thing i'm trying to think about some of the lyrics off of uh um like my the big black door project i want to pull it up because um uh, it's just like a, a few songs come to my head, but uh, one of my favorites is called Rock Bottom. It's like the first song I put it first on the project because I love it so much. And play uh, it. I, if I play it, will you hear it? Or I don't know. Try, okay. try, let's see. Well, maybe, I was, maybe we can. I was just going to sing it because. Okay, sing it. I, oh, I, yes. I'd rather yeah. you do that anyways. Let's cool. go. I'm listening. Hold yeah, on. Let me get a towel. <laughs> It's not gonna be <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I, I just really like this song. I wrote it after going through a really hard time, and it's called Rock Bottom. And it goes, fuck, I guess there's nowhere to go but up from here if this is rock bottom. I hit my rock bottom. And then the chorus goes... Please believe me when I tell you that your life will throw more than you can handle at you. It's a bite too big to chew. And that's before all the stupid shit you do. All my problems, I probably caused them because I manifested them myself. There's a lot of ways that I need help, but I'm too proud to accept it. I've been praying, but I ain't asking for favors. I need closure for the things I've done. I feel like I'm on the run from who I've become. I thought I was going to be someone. Keep your head down and settle into sadness. You're the problem that you wanted to solve. I'm too young to be feeling this old. And I said, fuck, I guess there's nowhere to go but up from here. If this is rock bottom, I hit my rock bottom. And I said, fuck, I guess there's nowhere to go but up from here. If this is rock bottom, I hit my rock bottom. Yeah. Dude, is that on iTunes or Spotify or what? That's on all of them. Yeah, that's wow. A, rock bottom, eh? Shane William Kimber. Shane uh, William Kimber. Yeah, man. So, 
So Shane William Kimber, where does OGR come in? Um, so I was releasing music under the name Shane William Kimber up until 2018. I had multiple albums out, uh, but I didn't really release them on platforms. I was just putting them up on Bandcamp and um, sometimes SoundCloud, but not really telling people about it. And in my last year of university, I decided to go by Scintilla because Scintilla is a word that means sparks. It's just like a, it means small sparks, like the sparks that rise from a campfire. And I thought that's really cool because I love campfires and I want to be the spark of inspiration, like that might help inspire someone to, I don't know, love themselves more or, or enjoy their life more. So I went with Scintilla and then there was somebody else named Scintilla. At that time, me and some buddies were sort of making music, and I decided I wanted to start a record label called Overgrowth Renaissance, because Overgrowth Renaissance just sounded really cool, and I felt like it was like I had this image of overgrowing vines, and sort of Renaissance was cool to me, um, because it just means like new rebirth, and uh, yeah, I so that Overgrowth Renaissance got shortened to OGR, and it became OGR Scintilla. And that is why I have this long, weird name of OGR Scintilla. But that's not weird at all, man. That's yeah. like powerful. Thank you. Um, at a certain point, I felt that OGR Scintilla was sort of a barrier between me and whoever was listening to the music. And I had this album called Thomas, which was sort of like I worked on Thomas from when I was like 12 to 21 almost a decade I work on this album. It is a whole story about essentially the the person that I don't want to become. And it's 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 a an album following the life of a man who basically gives up on his dreams, settles for less, uh, gets in a toxic codependent relationship, reaches the end of his life and fully regrets not following his dreams. And it follows this person's life and there's a there's a lot more to it there's like a lot of deep hidden meaning in this album called thomas and it just didn't i wanted to re-release it i was at this point where it's like i shaved my dreadlocks off and i was just like i shaved my dreadlocks off and i had this short hair and i just i felt like uh me when i released that album because i hadn't really had short hair since then and i was just like that's shane william kimber in the mirror right there and i sort of reconnected with myself and Damn! Like, I want this album out. I had unreleased it because I didn't think it was good enough, right? The whole perfectionism thing. But I had some time. I'd gotten over that. And I was like, I'm putting out Thomas uh, as, as Shane William Kimber because that's what it was and that's what it's going to be. So now whenever I put out a song that I feel like this is just straight up me sort of talking through the microphone to the people listening, I put it out as Shane William Kimber because that's my name and there's nothing to hide, basically. Dude, that's deep. Man, dude, I, there's this whole other side to you. You're milking, calving cows and playing Pokemon, and you're just like, why? Because. <laughs> right? just, I dude, it's deep. Um, this is like, I love music, but I would say that even like, uh, uh, it's not just music for me, it's just sound. I just love sound, and I, I always wanted these and I finally bought some. These are like Tibetan singing bowls. And uh, 
they're super dope. You hit them with the stick and then they make a noise. So you just like. Oh, I've seen those before. Yeah. And I love these things. I just sit there and it just sort of helps you forget about that all that overthinking nonsense that we like to do. I still love to do it. Um, so, so like your parents are farmers, right? Um, yes, my dad's a farmer. My mom was a, a high school teacher and she just recently retired. So good for her. Farm. This is actually was my grandma's house. She passed away in 2019 and I moved into her house, turned into a music studio and live on the farm, farm cows. Um, so you get you get a house to yourself uh, yes. outside of the parents' uh, residence, and and your grandma was on was on the farm. So you're you're staying on the farm, but it's your own space. Yes, it's my own space, so I can be as weird as I want. That's amazing. What 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 do your parents think of this? Um, what in particular? Like everything, just everything. You know, like they, you know, they, you're doing a lot. You know, you're. You're My, you're a farmer. You're a singer. Yeah. You're you're a philosopher. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, my parents are incredible. They are very supportive of me, even when I wasn't succeeding with music, and they didn't really understand my vision for myself. They were still supportive, even though they didn't really understand it. When I started to blow up, they got really excited for me. Still didn't really understand it. They still don't really understand everything, but. They love to indulge my habits. I feel like growing up, my one thing that my dad would always say is like, I don't care what you do as long as you're doing something. And then he would add, add at the end, because I don't want you hanging out at the 7-Eleven smoking drugs <laughs> skateboarding. <laughs> and <laughs> skateboarding, by the way, kids. Skateboarding is really cool. But uh, I, I took that to heart. And I had to sort of unlearn how to... Like in the last few years, I've unlearned some of the workaholic habits that I had because they weren't serving me well. Um, but that mentality of just do something ended up being really, really incredible. And I think they're super happy to just see that I care about something because it's amazing. Life is so much cooler when you care. People like to try to not care because it's like cool to not care. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, so your it's your awful. parents it yeah. is awful your parents are what i strive to be for my kids i have two daughters five and three they just turned five and three um and you know what like no matter what they do at life uh, as long as they're doing something i'll always be their biggest fan whether or not i understand it <laughs> i i will be their biggest biggest cheerleader they need that right whatever makes them happy i want to be there and i want to see it i want to see it come to fruition i want to see them succeed i want to see them light up when 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 they find that thing that that makes them light up you know and i want to i just want to be a part of that i my i never got that from my dad maybe a little bit with hockey but my dad he's just like here i'll buy you a net and a stick and you go do your own thing no man if my kids are in ballet i'm gonna put on leotards and i'm gonna fucking dance with them right like <laughs> no, <laughs> but like i want them to do and and be whatever they want and 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 you know what you don't have to be and, and this is gonna be a big step back for me because of my mentality how i and how i am 
but I want them to, you don't have to be the best person in the room. Just be the happiest. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, that's really cool. I, I, I want to ask you what you mean by happiness, because I want to make sure that you're not, because here's the thing with kids, like you would say that and then they might hear it as like, okay, so I don't want to let my dad see that I'm sad, you know? No, yeah, no, like, if they're not happy, not about being happy all the time, it's not about putting on a fake smile. No, That's, I yeah. want them to be genuinely happy. Be, be, if you're not happy doing it, let me know. We'll find something else. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, I, if, if you're, if it lights you up, if it, you, if you get this passion inside of you, that's just burning yeah. and you want to do it. I'm here, you know, like, yeah. let's I, go. That's cool. Cause to me, that's like a little bit different from happiness because there was times when I was playing volleyball and I would have, you know, you're ready and you've got to look on your face like this, like ready to pass, but I'm like beaming with joy. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not about, it's not necessarily about yeah. looking happy. It's about that passion sort of thing and that like purpose to live and that's like, that's what I'm talking about. I want them to be passion, passionate, happiness. You, you it comes from passion, that's right? Like that's a symptom. Yeah. Of the, yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. Like man, me playing hockey. I was I played goalie, right? And you know, like I'm sitting there sticking my hand, and I'm like looking around, and you know, I look like a chicken with my head cut off the way I'm moving, right? And it doesn't matter if I saved it or not. The fact that I stood there in front of someone shooting something incredibly hard, incredibly fast at me. It's like, yeah, come on, right? <laughs> I should have that hurt, it. you know? That hurt, but it feels good, you know? That I should have known you were a goalie. Yeah, we, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, man, you know, it's just, it's just, I, I love my kids, man, you know what? And, and I want what they want. Whatever they want, I want for them. You know what I mean? And and that's I never got that. You know what I mean? It was yeah, so I feel like I'm not a parent, but I have coached with a lot of kids. Like I yeah. did a lot of I taught a lot of swimming lessons because I was a lifeguard growing up. And then I coached a lot of volleyball after I got out of university because I really knew the sport. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I played volleyball for four years in university, like at the university level. Pokemon master, Canada's greatest rapper, Caver, Milker, professional volleyball player. <laughs> yeah. World I'm, traveler. Yes. Lots of people don't know that, but I'm, I'm six foot six. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're so, just a tall chocolate mountain fountain, whatever the hell. You're just a tall, dark chocolate mountain or whatever the hell people say it, aren't you? Tall drink of water. Tall drink of water. <laughs> Man, I am thirsty and there's a fountain. <laughs> but yeah i feel like um the only real mistake you can make is like you, you had one childhood and you're like i didn't get this so i want to make sure that my kids get that and then yeah. like you you do that you overcorrect yeah yeah like you make sure you don't overcorrect and if you do then like just don't be afraid to be like ah you know i overcorrected a bit like sorry guys don't be afraid yeah. you know, and then you keep going but yeah it's like if you care you're gonna be fine like absolutely i feel like if you care as a parent uh, all of your mistakes from there like if you care and you're willing to just like you know improve as you go and learn that's just life though right that's life baby that's not parenting that's just like if you care and you're willing to just have a learning mentality you're gonna be fine 
Amen to that. Yeah. I it's, love that, man. <clears throat> whenever I whenever I forget, whenever I start to think I know, that's when things start to crumble. Whenever I'm always looking and learning, then that's when life is fun and exciting and cool stuff happens. So so we're just about two hours into this. If you want to plug your socials, <laughs> go ahead and do that. <laughs> I love I love making podcasts run over. That's like my specialty. Oh, we're not uh, running over, buddy. We're okay, not running perfect. over. This podcast goes as long as I want it to, or or as long as the person that 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 I'm interviewing wants it to. You know what I mean? Oh. I've, the shortest one I've done is. Uh, 34 minutes. I had Donnie Dunphy on and I love that guy. He only could give me 34 minutes. That yeah. was cool. The longest one, two and a half hours with oil field medic and adult entertainer, Emma Stoned. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You, you've dropped some names on here and I'm like, damn, why am I on this podcast? Like he's got actually famous people on this podcast. <laughs> Not that I like, I, I'm, I'm proud of myself and what I do, but it's just like, there's like, there's some big boys on this podcast i'm proud of myself i'm proud of hey, myself. man i i i try to keep them you know um i like interviewing smaller creators figuring out you know you know what's up you know what i mean like how did you get into this where do you want to go right and are if you haven't gone viral yet are you ready to go viral right because going viral is not all it's cracked up to be right mm. Um, but and it's, sometimes you don't go viral for the right reasons. Uh, yeah. The first few yeah. times that I went viral with a, a song, it was great. It was a positive experience. But the main thing I learned is that I wasn't ready to go viral. That's yeah. like my main takeaway from the first time I went viral is like, I wasn't the song that I did. Like I never even released it. The thing that got a million views. Um, I got some followers, but I'm sure most of those accounts are inactive now. Cause that was like three years ago or whatever now. And it's yeah. just like, you know, I didn't get an email. I didn't get a, uh, I didn't sell any, I didn't have a merch store set up. I, didn't I got merch. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I got this, well, this isn't my merch, but I got, I got like only frost and Dick Frost, big dick energies on a shirt and a hat and whatever else you want it on. Nice. It's a lot of fun. Merch is fun. I'm not in it to get rich. We make it all at home and we sell it cheap. Right. So it's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. My wife. Yeah, my wife's a stay-at-home mom, so she, you know, she's running around chasing after kids by day, and at night she's like, oh, I can't do another hat, right? And, and uh, yeah, she hates no, doing hats, so, yeah. Love, yeah, no, that's really cool. I love that because uh, I just, like, order mine from somewhere, and I, I'd like to, like, if I, I should get something like that going because I'd, I should even, I'd rather get a white t-shirt and just sign it and send it like something personal, you know? Do it, man. It, it probably would mean more, you know? Yeah. I, I should, let me find my merch. I actually like my merch. All right. He's on the run. He, last time he disappeared, he went to go find his dreadlocks and his dreadlocks ended up being in the garbage. Uh, so, and he brought a cat back. So, you know, like who knows where he's going to go this time. And, uh, I think I hear footsteps. This looks like the Dutton household, actually. And I'm hearing noises. Who's all in the chat? It says two people are watching. Guys, say hi. What's going on? Who's in here? Can it, it doesn't show me, but say hi, guys. And if you've been in here this whole time, props to you. Because honestly, that's two hours, man. Like, that's it's good time. I, I love doing that. I love going with the flow of the conversations, so...
Thank you guys for still being here. And if you've only been here for some of it, thank you for being here regardless. Um, it's, it's, it's always fun to sit down and chat with someone, especially on a live stream where there's comments and fan interaction and stuff like that. So this is the second time I ran for something and didn't find it. I'm sorry, but it has, I said that, I said that the last time you brought a cat back, where, 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 where's, where, where, what are you bringing back this time? Uh, my cat's there. Um, I don't know. I don't have any more microphones to show you. So, <laughs> a, so no, my merch has Ryan Reynolds with a Mountie hat on and like a goose and a moose in the background with a maple flag behind it. And it says friggin' rights with like hockey sticks and poutine popping out. I love that design so much. I wish I had it here. No more keep it here to show people. Actually, oh. here's what I'll show you. Okay, so let's see. Because Ryan, Ryan Reynolds was really popular, and I spent like a whole day making this life. Oh my God, of Ryan Reynolds. This is one of my like proudest accomplishments. Is that how tall he really is? Yeah, I tried to make it. I think it was like it might be a little shorter. I think he's like six two or six foot. So this is like I think this. How is, tall are you? I'm six foot six. Holy Jesus! Yeah, I'm like. Not quite LeBron James. Not quite. Um, my, the first time I ever went viral, it wasn't a positive experience. It was funny, but it wasn't positive. Uh, it was the, shortly after the pandemic started, and they stopped doing free samples at Costco. So I'm in Costco with my mask on, and I'm looking all sad. It's like the worst part about the, uh, the worst part about a global pandemic is no more free samples at Costco. It was a song somewhere else. And then a bunch of people just commented, the worst part about the global pandemic wouldn't be my dead grandfather. It wouldn't be my, my aunt who died. It wouldn't be my sister who is on a ventilator. Like, Oh my God, you guys. Right. And, and at that point I was afraid to step on toes. So I just said, sorry. Right. And you know, like now I get a little snarky sometimes in the comments, you know what I mean? Especially I'm, I'm blue collar. Most of my comments come from blue collar guys who can handle that stuff. And they say some of the most savage shit. And I'm just like, hey, get bent, Kyle. You know, like, and, and I can't say what I actually say, but like, I come up with creative ways to say some shit back. The worst part about the pandemic was, uh, was um, losing the Costco samples. What about what about my grandfather? Um, have you tried the mini quiche from Costco? <laughs> yes, yes. Dude, have you had those mini wieners? They're incredible. <laughs> the worst part about what the worst part about the pandemic is no more free samples at Costco. What about my sister's on a ventilator? I don't know. You know that uh, that the price of that water really takes my breath away. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh shit here we are we're going to hell <laughs> I, I have a song on that big black door album called take a joke yeah. and okay. it's about this concept of like you should be able to joke about anything and the chorus is uh it's one i almost didn't post because it's like so it's like treat the joke like my dick take that shit treat the joke like my dick take that shit <laughs> and then it has this yes. at the end about like you know 
is is being offended worth sending death threats and has this whole rap about like yeah you know, should not take yourself so seriously but yeah. so with, with your videos taking off and doing so well a lot of them who's the most famous person that's commented on them Oof. um the first one that comes to mind because i just want to shout it out and tell the story is pavel barber um okay sort of like a hockey he does stick handling and he's been on espn and all sorts of amazing things, done videos with the NHL. And he's one of the first big people who followed me right off the bat. And everybody was like, oh my God, people are commenting, Pavel Barber followed you. And somehow people knew. And I reached out to him and I wrote a song called Hands Like Barber. I don't know if you've heard it. but No, I haven't. It was a song that sort of went larger on iTunes sort of thing. And it was this whole song about being good at hockey. And it's called Hands Like Barber. And so that one has a big place in my heart. Um, who's the biggest person who's commented on something? It doesn't even have to be the biggest. Just you know. The Minnesota Wild follow me on TikTok. What? He used one of my songs and then we followed each other back. That's really cool. Um, That's cool. And oh, what was the other one I was going to say? Oh, yeah, I was going to say Red Bull commented on one of my videos last week and i was just like what the fuck <laughs> damn hell yeah cool. hell yeah. yeah i've had the dirty prescott kids comment on one of my videos and that one guy in arkansas commented on one of my instagram videos and said if you ever come to arkansas hook hook uh let's hook let's link up we gotta cool. do something together and i'm like if i ever end up in arkansas you know what i mean like i don't know <laughs> I don't have any plans. Let me check the docket or the schedule. You know what I mean? But hey, hey, if I do, first person. I, yeah. When, hey, you know what? I'm actually scheduled to be on a plane to Arkansas next week. You know? Uh, hey, funny story. You know? Yeah. Hey, you're going to regret that offer in five days. <laughs> Literally, when I was traveling in Europe, it was like this family who knows our neighbors here from Italy. They have like a history, the Italian family in here. They're family homesteaded around here or something so they're friends with our neighbors um they were visiting and they're like hey if you're ever in italy you have a place to stay and i was just like i'm actually going to do that <laughs> and then i like ended up staying with them and that was a big reason that i traveled is because i they offered like hey there you, you go yeah Long <laughs> You just show up in like Italian clothes and you're wearing Kappa gear and whatever else. You show up with gelato in your hand. You're like, is that that, that offer still on the table? <laughs> Damn. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so like, um, uh, one thing I like to, you know, I, 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 I am going to start wrapping it up a little bit because, you know, uh, work and stuff. Yeah. But, well, one, uh, what's that? Sorry. I said, you asked me to plug myself, and I didn't. I looked up my oh. handles to make sure I got them right. Um, should I do that now or later? Do it now. Fuck it. Okay, cool. Um, my social media is OGR underscore scintilla, and the scintilla is S-C-I-N-T-I-L-L-A. That's why people think it's skintilla. But it's OGR <laughs> underscore scintilla, and my Instagram is OGR scintilla with no underscore. Because OGR underscore scintilla got deleted and sadly I'm now unable to use that <laughs> username. So now I'm just OGR. That sucks, man. Yeah. That but sucks, I, man. Well, are I, you on Twitter? Are you on Twitter or anything? I am. Uh, I, I just started posting on Twitter again. I'm bad for using Twitter. Um, my Twitter is, I, 
think the same thing. It'll be OGR. Do I even have the app downloaded? I use it on my computer. <laughs> um, search up OGR dash Centilla. Um, that's my name, sort of thing. And OGR dash Centilla, and I should pop up. What about or Facebook? Because I tried to, I tried to, ta- I tried to tag you on Facebook when I was when I was um, kind of pumping up the, tonight's live, and I couldn't cool. find you on Facebook and tag you, so I just said, oh, okay, whatever. I've been posting on Facebook. Facebook is actually don't sleep on Facebook. They started doing reels. And yep. I've been getting, like I've been gaining a lot of followers and fans and people donate on Facebook actually. Yep, I'm monetized on Facebook actually. Yeah, no, you can yep. like monetize. Yep. It's pretty good to monetize on Facebook. Yeah, and it's and it's not it's decent money too. You know. Yeah, it's like it's not bad. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. Uh, will it focus? No, uh, it just looks like a big light. Yeah. yeah. If I turn my brightness down, I don't know. That's oh, a little bit, a little better. Uh, like that? Yeah. Oh, there, is there crazy. it is. Yeah. OGR Scintilla. There you go. There you are. There you go. Yeah. If anybody wants to find me and check out my music or Shane William Kimber on uh, Spotify and that. Um, I will be checking that out. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I, I'd be happy to hear that. I've got a buttload of songs. A buttload? It. How much is a buttload? Um, oh, I swear. This is funny. I swear that it's an actual unit of measurement. This is one of those fun facts that people spit out. Sorry for the whole wrap-up situation. It's all um, good, man. This is the Italian goodbye. Yeah, buttload um, origin. I'm Googling this right now. A buttload is apparently a formal unit of imperial measurement. All right, we're doing this. I'm, I'm looking this up. Can you still see me? I went to a different tab. I can still see you. Okay, cool. Um, that a buttload is actually uh, an actual measure of volume dating back to the Middle English equal to two hogsheads or about 126 gallons. What is the um, <laughs> two hogsheads? That's hilarious, too. I'm going to um, be using this all the time now. Fun fact that you may or may not care about. <laughs> yeah. um, I discovered this is indeed true. A butt, also known as a pipe, is a unit of measure for English brew cast units or and English wine cast units, so for making alcohol. It's the second largest barrel size equal to half a ton, which was typically 252 imperial gallons. Wow. Um, so a butt is a size of barrel. According to blah, 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 British brewing industry continued to use a butt metric unit to equal 100 <laughs> imperial gallons. <laughs> yeah. Um, and holds blah blah blah. But why? Why is it called a butt? I'm not sure. Maybe it's just just cause that makes me even. Uh, but why the butt load? Is there a load of butts? Like how many how many butts is in a butt load? Is there a load in the butt? Yeah, <laughs> that depends. Taking a butt load today. <laughs> How much is a buttload of wine? That's hilarious. I forgot how, yeah, this is useful information. Yeah, um, very useful. Yeah, well, look it up because I'm not finding exactly, like, the butt is clearly the measurement, but where the load comes in is something that, uh, be careful when you're Googling this, by the way. 
bots and <laughs> you might want to put on safe search before you search up the yeah, origin. Yeah, be careful when you're Googling <laughs> butt loads, guys. <laughs> Easy there. Make sure it's on Google and, and not Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so you said how much is a buttload? Uh, I guess 105 gallons of music. That's how much music I put out. 105 gallons of music. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> how much music did you put out today? 105 gallons. Yeah, 70 bushels. <laughs> <laughs> Two elephants. Baby ones. Yeah. So so I usually like to wrap up the podcast with, with, with this question about, uh, and, and you know, I get great feedback on it, actually. Um so the uh, Mount Rushmore in the U.S. has the foremost of, of, uh, of, of has the foremost influential uh, people in American history ish sort of I guess on it. Um, yeah, yeah. So if you had your own Mount Rushmore, uh, four people that you look up to or aspire to be, who would it be, and why? That's a great one. Um, let's see. I'm gonna kind of get them generally in my head um i've got two right away for sure i feel like the the last two slots are hard i feel like it's it's sort of more of a toss-up because it's like i don't know the top two i've got the it's meant to be hard it's meant to be a representation it's okay if i take my time with this i'm sure take your um, time buddy okay cool um i'm trying to think about um because in my mind i'm just thinking of all musicians but it's like if the question is who i want to be like who really inspires me that's a little bit different you know yeah yeah that's that's yeah Anybody yeah. that inspires you, anybody that you look up to, that, that that helped shape you into who you are, that led you down the path that you're going down, that yeah. maybe maybe have have helped lead you down a different path. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, is that does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like I'm going to go with. I'll do my first two. Because those are 100% set. Uh, number one would be uh, Tyler, the creator. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his music. Oh, yeah. I'm very, very, very. He's my number one artist. Very inspired by him. Discovered him when I was young. He was doing all sorts of crazy rap. But I found this song called Tree Home 95 off of his album Wolf. And it's this like jazz instrumental with this female singer on it. And I'd heard some of his crazy rap songs. And I thought, yo, this guy's got that going on and this going on that's really cool so i looked into him i started watching his interviews and he's really big on being yourself uh not being afraid to be who you are follow your dreams all that type of stuff and getting that message just the timing was right for me to hear that when i was 18. uh i also had a really deep voice when i make music similar to him so yeah. lots of big pop singers that have these high-pitched voices and i realized that i don't have to be self-conscious about my voice and he also likes to have lots of weird sounds in his music which i really like to do as well so tyler the creator number two is alan watts who is this uh philosopher he died in the 70s i think 1972 but he became sort of famous for bringing 
Buddhist ideologies to uh, North America. And he expressed them in a way that just made them relevant and understandable to the people of North America. And if you've ever been on TikTok, you might have heard this sound where a person says, the person who is thinking all the time has nothing to think about but thoughts. It's his voice. Yeah. Uh, that's his voice. And he, he, everything he says is magic. He just, if you ever are feeling lost or need some, a reset for your brain, just look up Alan Watts lecture on YouTube. Oh, and I just, I read his book while I was in, I read his book, the taboo on knowing yourself. Um, while I was in Europe and it was incredible, very, very powerful. So Alan Watts, everything he says, I'm in love with it. And interesting. Yes. So those two are like my two big ones. And I feel like I could give realistically, I think my last two slots would be my parents, my mom and my dad, because they're incredible people. They're both very inspiring. And in terms of when you said like, who do you want to be like? Both my parents are just like incredible role models for me, and I love them so much. Um, I feel like I want to do some honorable mentions because do it, uh, hell yeah! My my junior high social studies teacher, Mister Hunter, was a huge hard ass, and everybody hated him. They didn't hate him, hate him, but they hated his class because he was the tough teacher. But in his class we would talk about social studies and social problems in the world and he would call on you and he basically forced you to develop an opinion. Like some teacher would be like, what do you think about this? And the kid would be like, I don't know. And then they just kind of go to someone else. But Mr. Hunter would be like, no, like, what do you think? That was a bad answer. Like, actually tell me what you think. And in being in his class, everybody learned to put up their hand and answer and talk and form an opinion. And all through life, high school, college i was the one person who would put up my hand and answer the question and that he permanently instilled this mentality of it's okay like you should have an opinion you have a responsibility to have an opinion and if you amen don't, yes and if you don't know then you should learn and like just very much somebody who taught me to seek knowledge don't be someone who sits on the sidelines your whole yes. life and yeah. put your hand up like um was it shy girls don't eat cake or the squeaky wheel gets the grease, whatever you want to call yes, it. Yes. Yes. Um, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's just like, yeah, it's about trying. I guess it's sort of that mentality of just shutting up and sitting in the corner, slouch down because you know, Oh, I'm too cool for this is actually, I pray. I, I, yeah. The opposite. If, if anybody is in a place, like if you're in high school or junior high or whatever, maybe college or even at your workplace, if you're an adult, if you are in a place with that sort of culture, I pray, I genuinely pray that one day you see that it's so dumb and petty and childish. And if you can grow out of that, please try to do it as fast as you can. Because <laughs> like growing out of that mentality of not trying is cool is just a good way to end up disappointed with your life when you're 80. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Honestly, Damn. It's like life is fast, man. You gotta, you gotta do this stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that's my four for today. Um, and I could mention a whole bunch of other artists, City and Color. Uh, I met Leah. I met Matt Leah Miller, Dallas Green's wife. 
Oh, she that's used cool. To be on, uh, she used to be on Much Music, right? Yes, yes. And I, I... Uh, big Leaf fan, right? I'm a big, big Leaf fan. And uh, they won tonight 3 nothing. by the way. Fuck you, Ottawa. Uh, <laughs> so they, uh, I was at, uh, oh shit, 2013, game one and game one, Leafs versus Bruins. You remember the series where the Leafs were up in the last game, 4-1, and they melted down in the last eight minutes? The Leafs blew a lead? You're gonna no, the lead, unbelievable. Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> let me, let me look back in my book here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was at party in the square in Maple Leaf Square, and for Game One, we, it was just a big party. And uh, uh, Dallas Green, I think it was City and Color actually that was playing. Yeah, it wasn't Alexis on Fire, so it was it was Dallas Green, and and he was playing. And my wife nudges me, she's like, "Hey, look who's behind us!" And I look behind me, and like, "Who the hell is that?" And she's like, "That's Leah Miller from like Much Music. That's Dallas Green's wife." And I'm like. Oh shit! I turn around. I'm like Leah Miller. What's up? I don't. Even, I didn't even recognize her, right? And I was like, I got a picture with her. Same day, I met Cabby. You know, Cabrell Williams, Cabby. Okay. I met Darren. Darren Jones, Beaver My Balls, and uh, a couple other people. It was really cool. It was a really cool experience. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, yeah. So, City and Color is another one. Um, City and Color and Todd the Creator both put out albums on Friday, so I was just in Wonderland. I'm super nice. happy. And uh, yeah, so, so buttloads for you. Yes, buttloads of happiness. <laughs> but <loads> of happiness. <laughs> Hogsheads of happiness. Yes. Um, yeah, but I, I don't want to start talking about music because we were trying to do a wrap up, and we'll be here for like another. Oh yeah. Well, whatever, man. Well, dude, we'll we'll have to do this again, man. We'll have to do a yeah, part honestly, two because honestly, man, like. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I think this is probably one of my favorite uh, interviews so far that I've done. And you know, I was part of another podcast before, and it lit a fire in me. I found my passion. I like talking to people, like peeling back the layers, and so I had to start another one. So we're we're not even twenty episodes deep yet, and and you know, I'm having a lot of I'm having a lot of fun. I'm clipping along here, and this has been a lot of fun. This one has been a lot of fun for me. You know, uh, just uh, just how I pictured it going, because you seem like a really fun guy, anyways, in your videos and and watching you and stuff like that. And you're, you're just like that, so you know, I had a lot of fun. And man, we'll have to get you back on again because this is man. There's a lot more here, right? So yeah, for sure. I'd happily just do if you we can just like make it a bonus episode or whatever, like. We can just straight up, yeah. I I love it. This was a lot of fun. This is a lot. Of Hell fun. yeah, man. Well, I also I, I have a guy that that was on episode two, and he re, he's a reoccurring guest. Uh, uh, what you call it? Reoccurring special guest host, right? Cool. And he's a cool guy. We talk mental health a lot, and him and I have had some really deep conversations on the podcast too. And you know, so. Uh, maybe okay, maybe have a the whole bag of microphones to drop if you want to get into it on oh, mental health. Dude, oh, dude, so could I about my parents or my dad mainly, but um, you know, um, we'll, we'll have to have you back on maybe as a special guest host as well sometime. I don't know, we'll have to you know, hook you up there, and you know, who knows, man, who knows, dude. I, I like hanging out, and, and this was a lot of fun for me, so thank you for coming on, bud. Planning, I really over. appreciate it. We'll let it, we'll let it fly. It's not about the plan. It's about you know going the, wherever. It, it's it's not it's not about the destination, buddy. It's the journey, right? And and for me, the podcast is doing really well numbers wise, but it's not about that either. I like the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you have fun, and buddy, I can't wait to come and milk a cow. We'll need you.
hell yeah, I'm there. Can I drink some of that milk? Yeah, you could actually. Would it make me sick? No. Actually, if you want, what we do is we take the milk, leave it in the bucket, the cream rises. You can scoop the cream off and make like your own whipped cream. Fresh whipped cream is crazy. Buddy, I work all over the place, especially in the summer. I travel around a lot uh, with work. In the winter, in the winter, I'm in Fox Creek mostly. So this su summer's coming up. I'm gonna be doing a lot of traveling around. Hopefully, I'm down that way sometime. I hope so. And uh, I, I, I'll be calling you, bro. I'll be calling you. I'll be milking a cow. I don't care. Yeah. If 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 there's no cows to milk, we should go to the lake and uh, sit around a campfire. I'm down. We should make a video where I sing to you. Ooh, I like that. You don't want me to sing to you, but <laughs> we'll definitely make some content though, for sure. Yeah, that sounds like fun. All right, buddy. Well, this has been great. I, I really appreciate this and you, you have a great night, my man. Thank you so much. You too. And I yeah, yeah. And everybody, sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I just want to say thank you because this was re genuinely like, I have done my fair share of podcasts. Uh, there are, there's many great podcasts, but this was a really awesome experience. I felt comfortable talking about whatever I wanted to talk about, which made it really fun. Oh yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for that. I appreciate the hell out of that. Mm -hmm. All right. And everybody watching, thanks for coming in and, and, and OGR shin, shin, skintilla, skintilla, scintilla, scintilla. <laughs> All right, everybody, everyone, you guys, uh, y'all stay frosty. Let's rock out one more time.